Recording in progress. Uh, good morning, uh, honorable members. Morning, Chair. Um, I, I hope we all woke up uh, on time. Can we officially, because it's nine o'clock now, declare the meeting open? And welcome uh, you, honorable members, to your meeting. Honorable uh, Minister, if he is uh, available, or the leader of the delegation of the department, let me welcome you and indicate that uh, we, we should be having a working meeting. Because this one talks about uh, fourth quarter performance. Um, so we will be briefed by the department in terms of that. Um, so let me welcome you. And uh, any apologies, Secretary? Everybody, this apology from the minister. She will be attending cabinet committee meeting. There is also an apology from Dimbapela that's attending the African Union Specialized Technical Committee on Public Service, Local Government and Urban Development in Cairo, Egypt. That's all the apologies we received, Chairperson, and we do have a quorum for the meeting. Thank you very much. Uh, what you are leaving out is to indicate uh, who is leading the delegation of the department. Sorry, Chairperson, I do see um, the Deputy Minister Nkadimi on the platform. Thank you very much. That's, that's what I wanted. Uh, welcome, uh, DM, and uh, the team, and uh, assume the DGs as well. Uh, let me welcome you. Uh, briefly, in my opening remarks, I would like to uh, help all of us to, to understand that we, I think government generally, uh, committed itself to deal with some of the issues that are afflicting our communities, especially on issues that relate to the delivery of services and uh, as well as uh, dealing with all these uh, the challenges that relate to corruption specifically, because I think it's, it's a challenge for all of us. Uh, I keep on saying, in fact, I did indicate my views on the issue of the use of the Portfolio Committee WhatsApp group. My understanding of it and uh, how it should be used 
But it doesn't mean that we don't see some of the things that get raised there. And when I say we, I mean all of us, uh, starting with the uh, executive in particular, and uh, uh, generally members of the uh, uh, committee and administrators. So somehow we, we, we don't just look at those things and say because they need to be properly processed and pretend that we don't see them. So we are taking notes of those, but I'm saying those who have got responsibility to act on them, please do. And also the committee as well will have to find a way to process some of those issues and follow up on them. Otherwise, uh, it might send a message. I'm not the chairperson who would respond to those things that get raised there. I indicated my stance on that, but it doesn't mean that we don't see them. And it also does not mean that there must be no action responding to them. And when I say no action, that starts with the executive as well as the committee itself. I just thought I should raise those because there are many dramatic things that we are seeing across the country when it comes to some of these issues I'm talking about. And uh, those drama must not be left unattended. So I thought I should uh, raise that But let's come back and focus on what we are supposed to do today. The item is briefing on the fourth quarter performance by DCOG, by uh, MESA, and DTA. I would immediately hand over to... Sorry, Chair. Uh, uh, Yes. Good morning, Chair. Uh, I just came in and... uh... Immediately when you said good morning, and I'm saying good morning again, uh, because I do not want to sound like I'm interjecting while uh, you are running a meeting. Uh, So that decorum is observed. But uh, our intention in, in raising those issues in the group is not to alarm the group because some of the things are really really dramatic and 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 we want to apologize maybe to to those that are sensitive but this is the reality of a violent state this is a reality of a of neglecting uh, the people this is the, the the reality in south africa of a government and a government party that has done everything else not to break loose from colonialism, which perpetuates that those that are, 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 are downtrodden, those that are, uh, uh, are, are deliberately neglected, are done so perpetually by a, a government that's, that does not want to take into cognizance the, inequal- in, in, the, the chronic in, inequalities, the violence that is, that, is, that is taking place against the workers of the municipalities, the violence that is taking place against uh, 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 the, the vulnerable people of the country, Blacks in particular. So when we do so, Chair, we do so to, t- to take 
uh, uh, the leadership in, in, in the committee to actually look at those things and address those issues, not to say that you must comment and, 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 and in the process, promise us action while the officials themselves, who are supposed to act, cannot act on those issues. So we, we do so because on the ground, on the very ground where our people are residing, on the deplorable ground where the people are residing, uh, 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 which is a disparity between uh, the the white thinking and 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 the, and the, and the thing and 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 where they reside. So so we we genuinely do that because we are on the ground and we receive these things from the ground. So so so. As uh, how you are you are going to get all that. Uh, that, that we are getting from the ground because we are Honorable. there to, to, to receive Honorable Tezer, I think we have noted, that's why I am raising uh, this issue for us to note and I'm saying for us to find a way to deal with some of these issues in terms of our work as a committee but we are also taking this opportunity because uh, we are meeting with the executive, but I was not raising it for discussion. Because if we, 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 we un, unless at some point we'll have to, 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 to raise it as a point of discussion. But I was just indicating that uh, we must not keep quiet when some of these things are happening. But, uh, but I'll allow uh, these few hands just to comment on this, and we proceed to what we are doing. Honorable Shengiwe Mukalipi. Thank you very much. my head, Yes, I've noted it. Good morning, Chairperson. Greetings to colleagues. Chair, I just want to comment on your your opening remarks in regards to issues that are raised on WhatsApp group. And the Chair is correctly says that he does not respond on WhatsApp group, and then Thanks for this opportunity whereby you just uh, mentioned on your opening remarks for noting. But the difficulties becomes when the chair does not give us direction as members on the committee. But I would like to propose a way forward because when I was listening to you, chair, you are saying that, no, you are taking note of what is happening and there must be an action. So I will suggest that because today we are dealing with the department and the department might not know what are the members are raising on that portfolio committee on the WhatsApp committee because the WhatsApp committee is for only members. There is no department there. Only our secretary, as far as I remember. And I don't know if there is any member of the executive in the WhatsApp as well. So I'll suggest, Chair, if you can arrange a meeting or for members of the portfolio committees just to talk amongst members as the PC of COCTA without uh, the department without the executive, and then find one another in terms of the program. And I note the program that was just posted by our secretary of the committee after we have sent some of the uh, uh, things that are happening on the ground, as uh, uh, Honorable Cesar is putting. Um, maybe chairperson is because we are also get pressured uh, by members of the public and members of the councils and all other stakeholders on what is happening on the ground. But this platform now, I don't think, and you are correct to say that it's for noting. 
uh, we must get to the business of the day. And the chair, I will appeal to you to have another meeting whereby all of us as members will have a chance to talk and also chat a way forward on how to deal with these issues. That is my proposal, Chair. Thanks. Thanks, uh, Honorable Simango. Thank you very much, Chair. Two things that I want to raise is that one, while it is correct for, for, for members to raise concerns around uh, the things that are raised uh, or that are sent into the WhatsApp group. But I want to request that members must not raise political statements that will agitate us because at the end of the day, we'll have to then respond. Reality is we are all in the same, in the same corner when it comes to uh, the wrong things that get to send to be sent into this WhatsApp group. But the rea- at the same time, we ma- uh, 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 colleagues from EFF must not behave like as if they are the only uh, 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 party that uh, is on the ground, the only party. We need to find to but do. But you must a, also not behave like finding finding you are the only. You are a say now, listen, you say now when you are attacking like us, we have to respond. You know, Mr. Mango, when we are attacking the EFF, we need to respond. We are not going to allow you to to fight us here. We are members here. We are representing people on the ground, and I have come with a way forward. And then now we are not going to allow you. We are not not going to send nonsensical all you are concerned about where Namsimango is the fault is the is the green lights you want Hon- to be honorable, honorable, and be promoted. You, no. you want to come and be promoted uh, by, by reactionary remarks. I have not allowed uh, Honorable Kalipi and Honorable Teza to speak. I allowed Honorable Msema, and I would so, imagine that we should be tolerant of uh, we just making comments. Chair, and you must protect us. The, the minute that Msimango is saying that EFF does not have a monopoly, so, chair, then he's prompting, uh, he's prompting yeah, the argument. stop him there. Otherwise, you must stop him there, chair. Because we've never said anything about the ends. When are you must have never said anything about the ends in our comments. Because you are not here because of your ticket, Msimango. We are not going to be told by you. The only one that does that. The only one. You are the only one. That does that. Honorable Teza and Honorable Karipi, I allow you. I'm learning an ex, chair. I allowed all of you to speak, but this time it was Honorable Msima. And I understand, you know, when it is correct, we are public representatives. We come from different constituencies. But like I'm saying, and I think I agree with the proposal that says uh, this was just comments by the chairperson. And we said we have noted it. There will be action. 
clear proposal to say how should we take that forward. And I think we have agreed with that. But I wanted to allow Honorable Simon to speak as I allowed uh, uh, Honorable Kalipi as well as Honorable Teresa to speak. I didn't get into your comments and whatever that you said. So let's, let's, let's agree now. We move forward. Those were just opening remarks. Let's get to the business of the day. The business of the day is briefing on the fourth quarter performance by DCOC, MESA, and DTA. Can I now hand over to the DM? DM, I think you have noted some of the issues that we are talking about. I was not sure about who is in that group. But some of the things that come out from that, they need to be managed and that's the position. And uh, I assumed that there might be access uh, by the department on some of the things, because the reports that we received from the department, they are supposed to be flighted there. Uh, but the comments that come out of that group, I'm saying let's find a way now to deal with them, because they are talking about the people that we represent. But I'm handing over to you, uh, DM. Not necessarily this problem that I've just raised, uh, but specifically on what we are supposed to do. Over to you, DM. Thank you very much, uh, Chair. Um, and good morning to honorable members as well. <clears throat> uh, I'm with the uh, both Director Generals, um, the Cork and MISA represented by T.G. Ivory Williamson and the Department of Traditional Affairs, also led by T.G. Uh, Dipov. Honorable Chair, thank you very much for the opportunity the Portfolio Committee has um, afforded us to come to bring forth the fourth quarter report. But possibly before I, ha- I make the highlights on the report itself, will be to mention uh, we or I, as uh, myself, I'm not certain with the minister, I'm not in the group. Uh, so I do not necessarily directly have uh, insight of what honorable members are raising with regard to issues. But my experience is that most of the time the issues we pick up as a department, either from the media or, or from uh, social media or even what gets to be raised directly either to provinces or to, to corporate national, it does arrive to our tables and we dispatch teams variously. I mean, for example, the issue of stiff trade and municipality, nobody raised it anyway for the department, but we picked it up on social media and we swiftly acted, deployed the team, even up to yesterday, it was still there, trying to intervene and mediate between the employees and the employer so that the situation is normalized. We saw on social media the issue of uh, a Buffalo City uh, manager. We acted as a, I'm just citing two of the examples. We do not necessarily wait for a written letter. When we pick up urgent things that need to be dealt with, as a department, we will act swiftly. Uh, uh, the minister will, will sanction those teams immediately and they go into the ground and come back with what needs to be assisting the situation. 
But we leave it up there, Chair, uh, noting what the uh, Honorable Mukalipi has said, that possibly there will be a day where the committee will, 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 will appraise uh, the department on the issues that they've been raising in the group, uh, a WhatsApp group, and then we will be able to prepare ourselves to bring responses into that. Thank you for that uh, uh, opportunity, Chair. Uh, now I will uh, hand over to both the COP uh, under the leadership of the TG uh, to start taking us through on the fourth quarter report, which overall chair, shows the concerns of how we are adequately ensuring that local government in general is everybody's business, but also we respond into how we are trying to assist the department to build the capable and a developmental state. I'm informed from the reports that it will actually be Mema Bidilala who will end, who will deliver the the, 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 the report and the financial sustainability of local government. So to this end, our undertakings on local government, Chair, are informed by what we need to do as the COC uh, lead in governance, institutional development, and of most importantly, citizens' uh, uh, engagement and the coordination collaboration of uh, service delivery in the sector of local government uh, uh, at large. And maybe my parting shot on the introduction, did you, Chair, uh, uh, will be, we need to collaborate. If we are bringing everybody into the business of what we are trying to achieve, we need cohesiveness ourselves in terms of approach, in terms of understanding, and yes, the committee holding us accountable in what we are supposed to do. With your permission, Chair, would you allow me then to request that DICO comments with their uh, uh, presentation for tomorrow? Thank you very much. I'm sorry for today. Thank you. <laughs> for tomorrow. <laughs> well, yeah, DM. Uh, Good morning, Honourable Chairperson, Um, and I also want to greet all the Honourable Members, and I also recognise our Deputy Minister, and I also greet all my colleagues and the officials. Uh, With your permission, Chair, I would like to um, put my camera off just so that I can have increased bandwidth. I'm just concerned about the st- stability of my network. Uh, Chair, we are actually here. Thank you. Chair, we are actually here to provide the portfolio committee with an update on our quarter four uh, performance for the department. Uh, if I could ask that we move to the next slide. And uh, this is the overview of our report. The focus or emphasis will be on the annual performance report for the quarter as part A, and then the DCOG annual financial performance for the quarter as part B. We were also requested, Chair, to provide a report on the extent and the cost of the private security employed uh, and the procurement that has been undertaken in the department over the last five years. If we could move to the next slide. I've already covered this one, so if we could go to the next one. So, Chair, this uh, and members, this provides us with a summary of the performance for the quarter. 
So the overall performance is for the quarter is 79%. We had 34 targets that we had to achieve. And of those 34, we achieved 27 and seven were not achieved. Uh, and this shows uh, an, a slight increase uh, from the uh, previous quarterly performance. And if you look at it from quarter one to quarter four, you can see uh, the improvement. If we could go to the next slide. <coughs> Excuse me. So the targets that we achieved, go to the next slide. Um, within program one, you can see that there were seven targets and all of these have been achieved and they relate uh, to starting off with the qualified audit opinion and then moving on to the what we call our corporate service improvement plan. It also looks to the uh, financial service improvement plan that we had set out for the for the year and also the internal audit plan. And for the period under review, uh, there was also a number of investigations that were commissioned, a rising of requests from external parties um, and covering the elements of misconduct, fraud and corruption um, allegations. So we are also, uh, have also achieved this. If we move to the next slide, uh, it talks to the um, local government support and interventions management. Uh, here we had to uh, develop the DDM implementation framework. We needed to ensure that it incorporated the gender responsive targets and indicators. Uh, we also had to look at our integrated monitoring and evaluation framework. And uh, we also then had to finalize both the framework and manual. Uh, it was then discussed uh, before the end of the financial year. And uh, the IMNE framework uh, also had findings, recommendations, and also implications for implementation that needed to be considered by ourselves. Uh, we also had to look at the DDM1 plan prototype. Uh, this was developed uh, and released. Uh, and also the one plan prototype was also then presented to members of the project technical uh, and steering committee committees. Uh, during the course of the quarter. We also needed to look at the uh, individual development plans and how these are then aligned to the one plans uh, and they needed to be submitted to our minister for approval. And we also needed to look at the integrated economic recovery plans uh, in the DDM1 plans and these were also then looked at and submitted. We also had to look at the uh, make allocations and the spend against the, the allocation by municipalities. Uh, there's a target that is set there and we were in line with the target for the quarter. And we also had to look at priority water infrastructure projects um, and make certain that these were also included and aligned to the DDM1 plans. And uh, for the uh, section 139 improvement plans, these also had to be developed and we had also aligned these to the state of local government uh, report. If we could move to the next slide. <clears throat> um, we also in this uh, program had to look at the integrated uh, economic recovery plans, in fact I mentioned that, 
and also the MIG allocations and also the priority water infrastructure projects. Uh, these needed, we needed to look at how these were, in were funded and included in, in the one plan. If we could move to the next slide. Okay, so in the institutional development branch, we had um, six targets, and of these six that were, these were the ones that we achieved. Yeah. Was the funding model had to be developed for local government, uh, and we did this jointly with National Treasury. We also had to look at the municipal financial viability assessment and improvement tools. Uh, these have also been developed. We also had to look at a closeout report, and we needed to actually provide these to the stakeholders on the 2021 local government elections. We also had to uh, ensure that we had drafted an integrated local government capacity building strategy uh, in consultation with the stakeholders and also just had to report on the national responsible citizenry campaign and all the engagement that we had conducted with the stakeholders in the quarter. We also had to look at the assessments of the impacts in terms of their functionality. Sorry, Chairperson, you're not muted. Sorry, Chair. Chairperson, I'm so sorry, you're not muted. Thank you. And then uh, we also had to look at um, addressing issues that were raised by the AG uh, in line with Section 134 as part of our uh, post-ordered uh, action plans, and these we had also then uh, uh, dealt with. If we could move to the next slide. <coughs> Uh, we also had to look at the disaster management plans of the three municipalities, uh, specifically uh, in preparedness and to mitigate any disaster risks. Uh, and these were Madibeng, Utugela, and Mbunyati districts. And we also had to consolidate a report indicating the two sets of departments, that's transport and human settlements, um, in the implementation of the disaster funding arrangement. Uh, we also had to look at our annual report in terms of its performance and expenditure of disaster grants. So that was done also and submitted. And we also had to report on the priority national sector departments that we had assessed and supported to actually implement the disaster management function. If we could move to the next slide. <clears throat> so the targets that we didn't achieve, there were seven. Um, and uh, they, three of, sorry, four of them are in the local government support um, interman interventions management branch. Uh, the first one related to the uh, one plans and their development. So of the 52 districts, we had only received, completed 40 uh, and six metros. Uh, the next one was to do with the hubs. Um, we needed to ensure that we had um, developed hubs uh, aligned to the 21 uh, water service authority districts. Uh, and of course, we didn't achieve this uh, because we still had to ensure that we had conducted a costing. We had to then review our approach and we carried it over into this financial year. We also had to ensure that draft one plans and indicators were developed for the three smart cities. Uh, but we are still, we didn't quite reach that. We still need to make sure that 
that that was uh, carried over then to this financial year. And the last one was the um, in situ. Uh, uh, we had um, actually looked at the bill, but what was remained outstanding was for us to go and, and reconsult and the consultation process actually took us a bit longer than anticipated. So we've carried that into this financial year. We could move to the next slide. <clears throat> uh, we needed to make sure that um, municipalities had also included uh, a target to reduce non-revenue, sorry, electricity losses in the SDBIPs. And of the 52, uh, only 33 had included these. Uh, so we've also uh, carried this over into uh, this financial year. Uh, the same applies then to the municipalities having to include a target to reduce land in the water. Uh, so we only have 29 municipalities of the 144, including in, in, including this target into the SD books. If we could move to the next slide. Uh, so if you look at the community works program, uh, we were required to have 250,000 participants on the program, and we managed to increase the number to 270, just over 273,000. And we were due to have conducted training uh, for the quarter, but uh, we uh, were not able to achieve this uh, for this uh, quarter. If you could then move to the next slide. <clears throat> and this is part B on our financial performance. The next slide. So the summary of our financial performance is that uh, the adjusted appropriation we had received in total was sitting at just over 101 billion. Uh, um, and the financial uh, and the actual expenditure against that was just over 98 billion with a variance of 2.8. Uh, and of course, the main reason uh, why it is that um, we were our expenditure um, was not at the level that it needed to be. I will um, also then indicate that it really um, came out of the um, local government and support, specifically around the the actual transfer of the bonds. Um, uh, and um, especially on the equitable care and understanding there, but I'll describe it a little further in the next slide. So if you look at uh, compensation of employees, uh, we had 358 million of that 358 million, 337 million was spent. Uh, and of course, uh, if you also then look at the transfers and subsidies uh, of the 101 billion, 96, just over 96 billion does get transferred. Uh, our goods and services budget makes up uh, is 4.6. Um, and uh, of that, we spend um, 3.8. If we could then move to the next slide. So, the uh, expenditure and the performance again, it's uh, performance against our expenditure. Uh, you can see that on compensation of employees, we were underspent by 6%. Uh, it's mainly attributed to vacancies uh, that were not uh, filled at the time. Uh, 
our deputy minister had joined us and we were then in the process of uh, redeploying uh, staff and trying to assist the office to, to appoint. And then on the goods and services side, uh, oh, sorry, and the other thing I failed to say was that some of our SMS level positions uh, also remained um, unfilled. Um, and then the goods and services, we had an underspending of 18%, uh, and the items for the period under review and major contributors to this underspending was um, the uh, consultative contractors and inventory consumables and travel and subsistence. And they also mostly included CW uh, on-site support and the funding project management fees of implementing agents, tools and materials, and the participants' protective gear and wages. <clears throat> so most of the grants um, had been transferred. The local government equitable share had the understanding uh, of 2.3%, and this was mainly attributed attributed to the withholding and stopping um, the imposed uh, due to uh, non-compliance by the municipalities with the conditions of, of DORA. The disaster relief fund, there was also understanding of 4.1% since they are only transferring funds once the province and municipalities have depleted the allocation. Um, on the MSIG, uh, also reported that we had underspent at 63% due to the delay in the consultation to endorse business plans and procurement uh, by selected municipalities. On the left, we just show a diagrammatic uh, view of the expenditure and the savings. If we could go to the next slide. Uh, so, the, with regards to the extent and cost of security, uh, and the companies that we had brought on board to provide the service. Um, the, the, the COCTA had actually appointed the private security service providers to render services that relate to physical security services. We have five buildings, and this mainly relates to access control. Uh, and it is also inclusive of the National House of Traditional Leaders. And uh, they also provide to us a tactical response team in case of any strike or unrest in the five buildings. And they also provide to us security equipment, um, which is listed. And also, uh, they, the above mentioned uh, services that are rendered are 24 7, uh, also including weekends and public holidays. We could go to the next slide. So the table uh, actually then depicts the cost of private security that was employed or procured over the five-year period. You will see that who the service providers are on the left, and I will focus then on 2021-22, because it gives a good indication of um, what was then uh, spent on each of the security companies. So 7.4 million, 4 million, and just over 11 million. Uh, and over the period, you will see that uh, 54 million, uh, just uh, 54 million 969 thousand has been spent on the security services. We could go to the next slide. Uh, we therefore recommend that the portfolio committee notes the Q4 um, performance report and also the cost of the private security that we had employed. 
over a five-year period. Uh, thank you, Chair, and thanks to the members for the opportunity. Uh, Chairperson, I thought I should once again say I'm done with the presentation. If you like, she's still in the room. Hello. We can hear you now, Chair. Thank you. Yes, I can. I can hear you. Chair, the DG was indicating uh, that we have concluded the part oh, okay. that you are supposed uh, to present. We'll, we'll present all of them in terms of the agenda. So the next one should follow. Thank you. We'll do that here without uh, interjecting. Thank okay. you. DJ, can we then present uh, the next uh, presentation? Uh, Chair? Chairperson? Yes. Yeah, so I had my hand up earlier on. I wanted to indicate that at 10, can you please excuse me? I have to attend the Chief's Forum. But fighter players, I will remain here, and the revolution is in good hands while I'm, I'm away. Thank you, Chair. Okay, no apology accepted. Let's proceed. Uh, okay, thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, the next uh, entity on the agenda, I think, is Miss. Uh, good morning, Chairperson, uh, and good morning, Honorable Members, DM, uh, DGs, and my colleagues. I will be taking the committee through a Mr. Quarter 4 performance report. In the interest of time, Chair, there are slides that uh, are common costs which I'm not going to go through, like the vision, mission, and mandate of Mr. I take that it is red, it has not changed. So I will jump straight to. Um, the performance against uh, the APP targets. Next slide. Next slide. Next slide. Thank you very much. Uh, this is a summary of our quarter four performance at Chaperson. Uh, we had um, uh, annual targets, 33 annual targets, uh, but for the fourth quarter, we are reporting against 32 uh, targets. And uh, 29 of the 32 targets were, at, were achieved, which translates to 91% performance. Next slide. These are the achievements per program. Chairperson, uh, I won't really board the committee, in particular with program one achievements. I will take them as red and uh, move straight to program two and program three where well, I will spend some time to take the committee through, which is our core business. 
10%. Next slide. Thank you very much. And uh, we had reported previously to the committee that we had assisted municipalities uh, to develop uh, plans and strategies uh, to address uh, water conservation and demand management. Uh, this, this current financial year was assisting them to implement those strategies. Now, 10 water conservation and water demand management have been implemented in support of uh, the municipalities that were prioritized. And also, we reported previously about the misalignment of bulk and retitulation in municipalities, and we undertook uh, feasibility studies to assist those municipalities to align the misalignment uh, of park and retitulation, and five quarters of authority were supported with the integration prioritization of strategies arising out of those feasibility studies for alignment of projects in municipal IDPs. And 15 municipalities were also supported with the mainstreaming of labor construction methods in the projects implemented through conditional grants. Uh, yet, uh, you recall, we reported that we allocated 50 million rand to assist municipalities with the mainstreaming of labor intensive construction methods. 15 municipalities have since been supported. And also we have supported eight districts uh, to improve infrastructure asset management practices. As you know, this is one of the areas that are a priority to address the state of assets in municipalities. And MIC has since been reviewed to make provision for for 10% towards uh, repairs and maintenance and 5% towards asset planning. So we are assisting eight districts to ensure that they take advantage of the MIG um, uh, program around asset plan management. 10 districts supported the of operation maintenance related activities and also supported servicing all the 44 districts to reduce, um, uh, to improve performance of, on MIG program and reduce infrastructure backlogs. Of course, Peter, the 100 learners that were enrolled into the MISA apprenticeship program and the 100 students that were awarded bursaries uh, towards technical uh, professions, uh, which MISA has supported. Next slide. Also, on, on, on the technical skills program, we have supported 50, 519 municipal officials with training in municipal infrastructure management and also assisted uh, 15 uh, municipalities with the implementation of municipal capacity development plans, and also for the four districts, the implementation of integrated infrastructure plans, and also supported municipalities chairperson with the implementation of SPLUMA, as well as um, review of the ITPs, and also supported municipalities chairperson uh, uh, with the uh, the Imperial Solid Waste Management Program, as well as compilation and implementation of infrastructure functionality assessment reports for Alfredo and Capricorn districts. Next slide. Coming to the sec uh, program three, which is our second uh, core program, there we had a plan of supporting municipalities with the implementation of ITMS, and eight municipalities were supported. And also 11 municipalities were also supported with the enhancement of infrastructure procurement practices. And we also 
develop testing a report on the state of municipal functionality for infrastructure delivery using input of the municipal infrastructure service delivery functionality model. And also 26 municipalities supported to pilot implementation of innovative uh, technologies and, uh, and for solid waste management. We recall yet uh, we awarded, uh, we given uh, 24 million in December uh, to pilot uh, this innovative waste management uh, program and uh, 26 municipalities since been supported. And also nine municipalities were engaged to access alternative funding sources for infrastructure development through DTM. And five were supported to plan and implement climate-friendly projects. Next slide. Uh, in terms of targets that were not achieved, uh, which are not many, uh, we had planned to enroll uh, 70 young, uh, 70 experiential learnership in our program, learners in our program, and we could only achieve 39, and, 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 and 31 could not be uh, enrolled, servicing due to verific- delaying the verification of the criminal record checks and qualifications. Next slide. Also, we had a plan of enrolling uh, 150 young people in the Mr. Young Graduate Program, and we managed to achieve 143 youth that were enrolled in the program, and seven could not be enrolled at a person. And the, the recruitment of this outstanding seven, of, of the outstanding seven to fill the gap was done on time. But due to delays in the qualification verification of these learners, we could not achieve the set 150 target. Next slide. Also, we had planned to enroll 100 municipal officials in the MISA recognition of prior learning program, and we achieved 57 and 43 could not be uh, technically assessed, though they were enrolled to person. As a result, we could not claim uh, that we have achieved the target uh, because they were not technically assessed uh, because of the delay in the appointment of the service provider. Next slide. Coming to financial performance in the uh, uh, person, uh, in terms of our financial performance as at 31 March uh, 2022, we had an income share of, of 638 million, uh, which is uh, made up of the transfers of 628 and the other of 9.39, which is interest received, and as well as LGC funding. Uh, the 628 is made up of four trenches uh, from the departments that were located to Mesa. And also, we received 284 million, as indicated earlier, for innovative waste integrated uh, uh, management program. And you see, our income uh, is a bit high. And in terms of expenditure against uh, the income referred above, we managed to spend 566.26. And in terms of the how the expenditure was made up, we had the employee cost of 178. Which is slightly, which is a slight increase due to filling of vacancies. If we look at the previous financial year, and the depreci- depreciation, 
finance costs of 5 million, which is, of course, in line with the prior year expenditure, and for contracted services of 220 million. Uh, the expenditure, as you can see, is a bit higher as compared to last year. Uh, as you know, there we had a lockdown which had an impact on the implementation of projects in the last financial year. And also the solid waste and the labor intensive construction initiative also increased our expenditure. Funds that were surrendered to DCOC, the $117 million we reported when we reported the previous the committee. Funds were returned to DCOC for the prior year surplus, which is $117 million. And general services of $44 million, which is a slight increase uh, due to normalizing of operations after the impact of COVID-19. And uh, our net uh, surplus of uh, 71 uh, million. Next slide. Uh, this is our cash flow uh, statement as at 31 March 2022, Chair which I'm not going to bore the committee on, but our closing balance uh, uh, as at 31 March 2022 is $31 million. Next slide. In terms of budget variant report per cost item as a 31 March, uh, in terms of uh, administration costs, you uh, see expenditure there of uh, 44.8 million, which is in line with the budget. And also, in terms of contracted services, our budget was 368, and we managed to spend 220 million, which is an underspenditure due to unspent funds from the presidential stimulus package as the funds were received in November 2021. And also the funds that were surrendered, the 17 million, which we reflect them. Employee costs, uh, the budget was 210 and we spent 178. There's an under of 31 million uh, due to vacancies and recruitment of young graduates, which was delayed. And depreciation of 5 million, uh, which is expended, which is in line with the budget. The total uh, budget is 6.8 and uh, 5.66 as indicated earlier, the actual expenditure. And 62.6, which is the variance. Next slide. Coming to fruitless and wasteful expenditure, uh, we had an uh, interest charge for TV license of 2000. And also, which is a prior year, related to prior year, uh, and also interest paid to service provider of 525,000. Uh, uh, this relates to uh, legal costs, relating to travel flap, uh, uh, litigation matter, uh, which uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, Mr. did not, uh, Mr. Did lost that uh, court case. And we had to pay that 525000 on legal costs. And we are reporting here that there were no fruitless and wasteful expenditure incurred in the current financial year. And an amount of 581000 was written off uh, during the year related to starts penalties and salary overpayments. Next slide. Uh, there was no irregular expenditure in CAD yet to date, and that did not have any regular expenditure at the beginning of the year as well. Next slide. In terms of uh, creditors' age analysis, 
as the 31 March 2022. Uh, you will see, Chairperson, that we are paying all our invoices within uh, the 30-day uh, prescribed uh, period, so we have not had a challenge of paying uh, creditors uh, uh, beyond the 30 days. Next slide. And coming to the extent and the cost of private security employed or procured in the past five years, uh, for the period uh, 19 December 2017 to 5 May 2018, the expenditure that uh, is indicated was 456000 And for the period May 2018 to 7 August 2020, the expenditure was $2 million. And uh, for the period 8 August to 7 August 2022, the expenditure was uh, a little bit higher uh, uh, to, uh, to, to previous um, contract. It was $2.5 million. In the previous it was $2.3 million. In total, we spent uh, $5.4 million uh, for the period uh, 2017 uh, to August 2022. 2017 December to August 20, 2022. Next slide. Uh, we recommend the for the committee to note the quarterly performance report and the financial statement of MISA for the fourth quarter. And also recommend that the committee note the report on the extent and cost of private security employed or procured for Mr. over the past five years. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you. Uh, can we move to DTA? Thank you uh, very much, uh, Chairperson, Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Members. Uh, of the committee, Honourable uh, Deputy Minister, Chairperson, um, also once again with your permission, I will uh, uh, switch off the video uh, just so uh, make sure that it doesn't interfere um, with the connectivity for the purposes of the presentation. So the presentation, uh, like uh, the previous two, um, uh, focuses on uh, the performance of the department in terms of the targets as contained in the APP tabled in Parliament, uh, specifically uh, for for the fourth quarter. Um, so we'll talk about the purpose of the presentation. We will then talk about uh, the fourth quarter uh, performance per program, but just pro- a summary first, and then we'll go into a, a breakdown. Uh, per, per program, uh, detailed uh, fourth quarter performance per, per program, financial performance, uh, and recommendations. What what our presentation doesn't include, honorable, include honorable chair, is the issue on spending on security, and that is because uh, it's 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 a shared service uh, between ourselves and our colleagues in DCOC. So in the presentation made by DG DCOC, uh, that that slide includes. Uh, spending for the Department of Traditional Affairs as well. And that is because we have shared buildings uh, and as members would recall in that presentation, uh, 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 the presentation also spoke about the provision of security to the uh, official residences of uh, the chair and deputy chair of the National House uh, of Traditional and Quiescent Leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that information is already covered in the presentation that is done by 
uh, by, by, by our colleagues in the COC. Uh, that is the purpose, so we can brief the portfolio committee uh, on our fourth quarter performance report. So if we then go to the next slide, uh, just to show uh, that overview uh, on the next slide, uh, please move to the next slide. Um, and it will just show that we had a total of 19 targets for the uh, quarter under review, quarter four of 21 22, uh, and that all of those targets uh, were uh, achieved. Uh, and in the next slide, then we just show uh, a breakdown in terms of the different uh, programs, um, uh, uh, the number of targets, the number of targets achieved, those that were not achieved, and as indicated there in green, uh, that the total number of targets at the bottom, there 19, um, and that all of them were, were achieved. So what follows then, it's a, it's a breakdown in terms of the performance uh, uh, per, per program. Uh, the first one is it's administration. And in administration, uh, as contained in the, in the APP, uh, we, we have two compliance plans. Uh, one a, a compliance plan looking at a number of things that we need to do in terms of organizational performance, uh, tabling of strategic plans, of APPs, all those things that are a requirement in terms of law, and the other looking at things that relate to financial compliance, such as payment of suppliers within 30 days, the required reports to National Treasury, and all those issues that require state institutions to comply with. And so we list them in all those plans and indicate that we need to make sure that we achieve at least 80%. Uh, of all those activities, and 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 that was that was achieved uh, as reflected in the uh, in in the report. And the next one then goes into the uh, second program, which is research policy uh, and legislation. Those are the targets that we had. Now that we've got the new legislation, the traditional Enquiry and Leadership Act, uh, we said that uh, we we then work with uh, with kingships and queenships. Uh, to make sure that we monitor and support them in the implementation of the things that they need to do as per as per the act um, uh, and and we, we we worked with the uh, for the fourth quarter with the eight kingships that they uh, uh, we, we uh, um, intended to to work with uh, as per the, uh, the the target then we also said that now that we have the traditional question leadership act we need to begin to look at areas of the act that need to be elaborated through uh, regulations. Uh, and we said that we, during uh, this uh, financial year, target uh, one set of regulations, which we uh, then did and developed. So uh, we have been able to finalize that so that as we go into uh, the, the new financial year, we can then start the process of consultations uh, on, those, uh, on, those, on those draft regulations. On the next slide, we just indicate that uh, we also said that we will take the the, the TKLA uh, and have a five-year implementation schedule. I think we did discuss this with the committee before, and the committee also then requested that it be shared with them, which was done. Um, and then we will then indicate that quarterly we'll identify particular areas of the implementation plan to make sure that we implement we implement them. For the fourth quarter, we had identified four of those, uh, and we say we they were implemented under the the column achieved there, we just just a slight correction that it's it's TKLA and not CIA uh, in terms of the uh, the target that was achieved. CIA is on the next slide. If we go to the next slide, 
we followed the same approach here where we took the act and uh, came up with a five-year implementation plan and then broke it down into uh, annual uh, activities. Uh, and then for this financial year, then broke it down into uh, quarterly uh, activities. We had identified three critical projects and, and, and actions that needed to be prioritized during the fourth quarter. And we indicate that we achieved that. In fact, we uh, achieved even uh, uh, two more uh, as opposed to the three that, that were targeted. On the next slide, annually we identify uh, particular research projects that we need to pursue so as to enrich our understanding of the sector uh, in which uh, in which we work. Uh, so uh, the research projects that uh, we identified in the in the APP, we identified the need to do research on the uh, struggles of women and people with disabilities uh, within institutional traditional leadership and traditional communities. Uh, and that study was done. Uh, and we also targeted doing a study uh, on the culture and heritage economy uh, in, in traditional uh, uh, communities. That study was also done. On the next slide, uh, we now uh, go to uh, the, the third uh, program, which is institutional support and, and coordination. Uh, in this one, we um, uh, have a target about uh, uh, monitoring and facilitating the uh, participation of local houses of traditional and Christian leadership in the district development model. And we said that we will work with all the seven provinces. This obviously excludes, uh, uh, excludes uh, 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 the Western Cape because uh, uh, as, as at the time of the implementation of this, we did not have those local houses um, in, in, uh, uh, in, in, in those institutions. And because we're working through provinces, uh, and the Houghton province does not have a provincial house. Uh, so that explains the, uh, the number there. So we worked with all the seven provinces uh, to make sure that we monitor the participation uh, of local houses of, of traditional leaders in, the, in, in government uh, development uh, programs. Um, similarly, we, we said that we, um, uh, we will encourage provinces uh, to support uh, the implementation uh, of, of agrarian uh, revolution programs in traditional communities. And we said that we will monitor all the provinces uh, in the work that they do in this regard. And uh, we said that we will, uh, during the fourth quarter, focus on two provinces uh, that was done, uh, uh, that, that was KwaZulu-Natal and, 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 and Gauteng, where we monitored uh, uh, the work that has been done in this area and, and produced reports on the projects that are, uh, that are, that are being implemented. On the next slide, uh, still with the uh, program three, institutional support and coordination, and there is a section in the Traditional and Question Leadership Act, Section 24, uh, which talks about uh, the promotion of partnerships that traditional communities may enter into partnerships and, and, and indicates the requirements there. And we said, given the critical importance of this provision, let us develop guidelines that then traditional communities uh, can use when they implement Section 24 of the Act, uh, and those guidelines were, were, were indeed done. And then the, the work that needed to be done around the development of a, a communal land tenure policy, this obviously is work that is led by our colleagues in the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform, uh, and Rural Development. Uh, but our um, target there was to make sure that the institution of traditional leadership is consulted so that they can make their inputs uh, in the processes towards the formulation of a policy uh, in this regard. 
uh, and we indicate that we're looking at uh, the seven provincial houses uh, being um, uh, 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 drawn in to make their inputs and we say that was done as well. On the next slide, um, uh, given the critical nature again of local houses of traditional leaders, uh, we, we said that we will um, look at their functionality. Uh, so what we did previously was to develop a, a functionality criteria uh, to say in terms of, of the TKLA for us to say local house is functional. Uh, what are the functionality criteria that they should meet? Uh, and, and then based on that, we said then we will apply that, get that applied to the local houses working with provinces uh, to make sure that reports are produced on the functionality of the local houses and areas of interventions uh, identified. We had a target of four uh, such provinces during the fourth quarter, uh, and uh, uh, that target was achieved. We just indicate uh, uh, those provinces uh, in the uh, last but second column. The next slide is still with this program. Uh, it talks about capacity building. Uh, and we're saying that we will be providing capacity building uh, for, 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 for the houses. Our focus was on gender-based violence and femicide during this particular uh, quarter. Uh, and we just indicated that it was achieved and we indicate uh, the workshops that were conducted with the various houses uh, of traditional and question leadership uh, using uh, the program that we worked on together with the, uh, with the gender uh, uh, commission, uh, college commission to to, to, to workshop the, uh, the institutions of traditional leadership. On the next slide, um, uh, we, we then just also indicate that we uh, had targeted working on a, a plan for the promotion of indigenous languages. So the, the focus was really more on consultations with uh, sector departments such as arts and culture, such as social development and so on, so that we can then come up with that plan. Uh, and that was done, uh, and the plan was was finalized uh, by the end of the, the fourth quarter. And and the final one there is about uh, the customary um, initiation act. Uh, we said that we will then take that act and develop a training manual, um, so that uh, the institution of traditional leadership can be trained on the on the act. So that act, uh, that manual was uh, indeed uh, developed, consulted with stakeholders, uh, and it was finalized. That then, honorable chair, takes us to our expenditure uh, report um, for as at, at the end of, the, of, 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 of of March uh, 2022. So um, the the first, uh, the top section of that slide just indicate in terms of. Uh, economic classification summary in terms of economic classification. So, if if I could point uh, honourable members to uh, the fourth column from the right, which says at the top final appropriated budget. Uh, so it shows that final appropriation appropriate budget at the total amount there is one hundred and seventy two million six hundred and ninety. Um, and uh, if we look at the next column next to that, it's uh, about actual expenditure, which is 154 uh, million. Um, and there's a breakdown there uh, in terms of the various uh, uh, items under economic classification. Um, and if we look at percentage spent, it uh, shows that we spent 90% of the appropriated budget. Uh, and again, there's a breakdown to show uh, how much, what is the percentage for compensation of employees, percentage for goods and services, uh, and so on and so on, and what the variance uh, is. 
Um, at the bottom, uh, below that, then uh, we have that information, but we show it in terms of um, uh, in terms of, uh, of the different programs uh, of the department. I think if we just stay with that column uh, of final appropriated budget, it will show that uh, 172 uh, six million hundred six hundred ninety actual expenditure still hundred and fifty four uh, million six hundred and fifty seven. A percentage spent is 90%. And then the uh, 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 the breakdown that just shows that uh, how much was spent. I just need to uh, uh, highlight in the presentation, Honorable Chair, that uh, there is what is called uh, transfer payments uh, as well. So where we uh, do a transfer to the CRL Rights Commission. So there's an amount there of 46 uh, million uh, uh, which is our uh, transfer. It's part of our vote, but it's a transfer to the Sierra Rights Commission. Um, that entire transfer was done, uh, but uh, uh, I believe that the Sierra Rights Commission uh, uh, accounts to, to, to Parliament directly uh, on that expenditure. Uh, just perhaps a couple of more uh, notes to make. Uh, that's in the next slide uh, in terms of the expenditure analysis. So, the, so that that Previous slide shows that um, at the end of the reporting period, the cumulative expenditure was 154.737 million, just over 154 million, as I indicated, which translates to 90% of overall spending. Um, uh, and we just indicate that, that that shows an underspending of 18 million overall. Uh, and we, we indicate there that one of the reasons was that. Uh, as we started the financial year in in in, in uh, April 2021, the Commission on Coin Sun Matters had not as yet been established. It has not as yet been appointed, uh, but we had made provision for resources so that once the commissioners are appointed, there will be a budget uh, to support them. Once the, the commissioners are appointed, there will be a budget in not only to pay for their salaries but also for uh, their, their goods and services. But the commission uh, only got appointed in in September, so which means that we had five months uh, in the financial year uh, where the budget uh, prioritized for the commission uh, was 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 not being spent. So that that uh, indeed contributed to uh, to 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 to, uh, uh, to the underspending. But we also indicate that uh, other contributing factors, especially on compensation of employees, it's just national natural attrition uh, where. Somebody uh, leaves for another department, the post becomes vacant. From the time you advertise that post, uh, interviews, um, uh, approve the appointment of a particular successful candidate, allow that candidate to serve notice wherever they are working, you're looking at, uh, on average, about four months. Uh, uh, normally, that, that, that happens, uh, in which case then you, you end up experiencing this kind of, uh, uh, of, of underspending as caused by, by national, national attrition. We indicate also in the goods and services budget uh, that we had a budget of 39 million, we spent 24 million. Uh, and primarily, in addition to the issues one has already elaborated on in terms of the functioning of the, 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 the Commission on Quiet and Sun Matters, um, just the fact that we are functioning under COVID uh, restrictions. So a, a lot of the work that would have to be conducted physically on the ground, traveling, workshops, physical work, uh, we then had to use alternative 
uh, um, uh, approaches, uh, which then limited travel, uh, limited the procurement of venues, uh, and, and all those kinds of issues, uh, which then contributed to uh, the underspending. But we are out of that now, and the department is is is, is back on the ground now, working directly with uh, with stakeholders. Um, we also indicate that uh, uh, under capital assets there was that under expenditure of one million rand, and that was money that was meant to be spent on procuring uh, departmental vehicles. But due to the challenges that we had uh, with manufacturers also linked to uh, the COVID-related challenges uh, we were not able to, to procure. And, and, and those pro- that procurement now is being carried over into, uh, into, 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 into the current financial year. And uh, that is the presentation, Chairperson, and we are recommending that the, the committee needs the performance, both in terms of performance reports on predetermined objectives and then expenditure as well. Thank you, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much for all the presentations. And uh, I hope we we were all listening and taking notes. Uh, That will now be the opportunity for members. But before that, if the uh, Deputy Minister might want to uh, say anything before we allow members... GM. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. And my apologies, there is construction in my, my neighboring house. I have tried to request a bit of some silence, but there could be some interjection there and there. But I've requested at least the grinder to stop until around 12 o'clock. My sincere apologies, uh, Chair. Uh, I wouldn't have any comments, Chair, for now. Suffice to say that members obviously can quiz what we have brought forth as the quarter report from the department and we will respond and heed advice as given by the portfolio committee. Thank you for the opportunity, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Honorable members, it's your turn now to ask, uh, make comments, and uh, I'll take your hands in the order that they come I see Honorable Teza as number one. Any other hand? I see Honorable Matumba as number two. Uh, For now, let me take those hands. Sorry to interject. I have raised my hand. I don't know if you can't see it. I don't see it. Yes, Honorable Space, you are number three. Uh, let me take that order. Honorable Teza. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair of the Portfolio Committee on Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs. Greetings to you and greetings to the DM, greetings to uh, the officials, and greetings to fellow colleagues of the committee. Uh, Chair, we note the, the reports of the, of, of the department and the two entities of the department. Uh, let me start uh,
with Department of Traditional Affairs. Uh, we can't hear you well. I think there's something in your system. Can you speak up? Okay, let me let me try and uh, can you hear me now? At least you are better than uh, the last time. Continue. No, I was saying that greetings to you and uh, chair and, and greetings to members and, and the DM and the officials here, DG and the team. And uh, let me start by, by acknowledging the, the reports that we have received from the two entities and the department. Uh, I will chase and, and pursue some, 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 some uh, uh, issues of interest uh, within the, the presentations, Chair. So, uh, Traditional Affairs Department uh, says that the security, uh, uh, the secure, private security is a shared responsibilities, responsibility between uh, DCOC as, as, as stipulated in slide 19 of, uh, of the of, of the Cox uh, presentation, that a private security company has spent 54 million, uh, 54 billion, 969, 163.72. What would have, my question is, what would have been the, the cost had the private uh, security company uh, in terms of the report uh, of the, on the extent and cost of the security companies for the past five uh, uh, financial years, if that, uh, that private company was uh, insourced because, I'm saying so, Chair, because there's, uh, there are case studies uh, uh, that show that uh, there's less expenditure in, in, in sourcing. You go to Gauteng and, and in some municipalities where this is done. So what is the position of the department to lessen the expenditure on private uh, uh, service providers uh, in terms of what is happening currently? And uh, then let's move to, to, to MESA. So they say that for the four, four districts, uh, that is on slide nine, uh, sub- supported to improve performance on MIG and reduce in infrastructure backlog. In what manner did, did, this, did the support affect rural municipalities uh, in terms of what they are saying there on slide nine? And then they speak to Spluma objects uh, that they've introduced uh, municipal spatial plans uh, how does this miss uh, this? Uh, the, the, how does MISA understand the spatial development vis-à-vis private land and the need of rural municipalities to develop uh, industries, local industries, to to improve revenue, to create jobs, and to discourage migration of of residents and uh, improve the economy and thus build the future for the children that are at school in those municipalities so that they are not uh, able to, 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 to move in the same manner in which uh, apartheid uh, was providing in terms of the education that is produced in those spheres. 
And then uh, just on what is the envisaged deadline, uh, Chair, on slide 12, on uh, they talk about 33 achievement of enrolling learners. And and I'm interested, what is the deadline in this regard and, and what correction measures have they put in place? That is MISA. And then uh, we move to the, the department. Oh, let's let, let's pursue MISA here, Chair. Uh, MISA's technical support to, to municipalities involves ensuring the municipal technical capacity to spend the MIG as the third quarter, as the third quarter, seven billion of the of the 2021-2022 MIG allocation reported by the municipalities as spent. What is the update in relation to the fourth quarter? Uh, and then let's uh, let yeah let's let's let's. Uh, uh, we would want to ask uh, the criminal charges report that was asked here, I think, by Honorable Khalib, uh, that the CEO of MISA is implicated in wrongdoing. So we are not, we, that report hasn't, hasn't come forth to the committee. What is the explanation for this thing? Because uh, this would look like uh, there's, there's, there's there is derailing of these processes to, to, to allow for the immunity and institutionalization of, of, of corruption in, in, in state institutions, Chair. Uh, the status of corruption cases within the department, officials identified uh, on financial irregularities Corrupt activities during uh, 16, 2016 to 2020. Uh, I'm interested, Chair, because it doesn't look like there's disciplinary processes uh, that were put in place. If they were underway, uh, what is the status? Why has the in- investigation outcome taken this law? And what is the update on, on, on that matter? And... Uh, Yes, chair, and 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 the rest, I will I will follow up on them as 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 they respond. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Matumba. He's muted, sir. You're muted. Uh, uh, Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, Greetings, colleagues. Uh, And uh, I would like to start by welcoming the presentations. Um, Chair, I will start by Misa. The the presentation, uh, the report is on, on fruitless and wasteful expenditure is really bad. We can't be paying uh, interest uh, to service provider. We, we need the reasons. Why are you paying interest to service provider? Uh, 
What was the delay? What caused the delay that made you to pay such a large amount of money that should have went to service delivery? And you are paying it on, on, on interest. I mean, interest, a simple interest like TV license. What, what makes you to be slow just to pay TV license in time? I mean, that's, that's bad. Those are the things that we should have been avoiding by paying out. What is worse is that um, you spend a lot of your budget on, 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 on employee-related costs, and we, we expect your employees to, to perform. Uh, we don't expect you to pay uh, interest on, on that. Uh, this one will cover it's also on, on, on security. Chair, it's, it's very much painful to know that we are spending this amount on security companies. And really, when you go to those securities, securities are suffering. Securities in who are guarding in a public sector are suffering. They don't get paid in time. Sometimes they don't get paid. They, they are underpaid. They are suffering. And what we, we don't understand is why are these departments not hiring securities directly? Why spend millions empowering individuals when these millions can be spent on job security and, 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 and empowering our people? I don't understand why we are paying uh, this large amount of money to uh, uh, security companies. Um, on the uh, uh, DCOG fourth quarter performance, uh, we'll go to page seven. Uh, page seven and uh, page eight. I want to understand achievement on MIG allocation. Are you saying 60% of the allocated MIG? Or uh, 60, I don't understand, what do you mean by 60% uh, target? Because the target on MIG, it must be 100%. That money must be spent. Uh, our, the area where our people are living, it's underdeveloped, underdeveloped, and the MIG allocation they are getting is not enough. And when we are spending less of the MIG, we are saying it is enough and it is more. So MIG, the crisis that we must be having in every report is that MIG is not enough. Municipalities are spending everything in time. So uh, I don't understand. Can we get explanation? What do you mean by 60%? Uh, Page 13. Chair, in have all reports, all annual reports of municipalities you can go to, each and every, almost each and every municipality. All audit reports, there's one problem that you are going to get. This problem is there uh, continuously. I mean, uh, Honorable Tembin uh, Kadimini was a uh, uh, was a mayor. She understands this one way better. Uh, loss of revenue on electricity and water. I mean, it can be that this target is not achieved. This is the target that we should have been focusing on it more. Because the, ma the main 
revenue for this municipality is on water and electricity. That is an area where we should be making sure that we don't lose even a single cent. So it can't be that where we are not achieving is where the problem is and we don't achieve there. Uh, I mean, it, it can't. What, what, what is it that is making you to fail to achieve this one of um, water, electricity laws and um, uh, water and electricity laws? Chair, page 14, CWP. Uh, yeah, you are saying you have achieved. The question is, are this pay, are they paid? Because it can't be that you say you people have participated, they are not paid, and you say we have achieved. Because people are crying, CWP, we are not getting paid. You are writing achieved. We want to understand from these 273, 848 people who participated, how many paid, how many not paid, how many outstanding payments? On top of that, CWP is a job safety net. And it can be that training, uh, no CWP training conducted. This is a job safety net, and you are not training the participants. I mean, I, 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 I don't understand the, uh, how is it that uh, you find yourself not achieving that part. Uh, then page 19 is speaking to what I've, I've said on the other side, Chair. These millions are, are mean. And uh, really, if, if you have time, exactly where you are, uh, uh, honorable members, just outside, if you, if you are to go outside now, securities that you went to pass through, if you just sit with them and ask them about their working conditions and their salaries, they will tell you things that will make you cry. Places where they are staying, you won't even look twice. Security guards are suffering. And again, the services of security guards, it's a permanent service. We will need, secu we need security today, we'll need security tomorrow. Now the question is, why don't we hire them permanently? Why is it that the clerk, admin, and manager work on permanent basis, and then we go and uh, hire a company to hire securities? Is that not inhuman? Let us not do worse than what apartheid government was doing to securities. My own, my own grandfather was working as a security guard for public works. He was guarding in uh, clinics, in, in, in stadiums, and he got his salary from public works um, like any other government worker. And when he retired, he got his pension. I, at some point, I, when I was growing, I didn't know that man was a security guard because we were living a better life from a security guard. But today, security guards are being hired in a different, in a different way. They don't they are passed from one service provider to another. On top of that, they don't have a pension. I, I think uh, this must change. 39 million, 54 million check. This thing of uh, security guards, it must be addressed. Uh, this department must tell us what are they going to do to absorb these security guards permanently. Thanks.
Uh, Honorable Space. <clears throat> Good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, Chairperson, mine, um, and thank you, um, Honorable Matumba has mentioned um, part of what I want to address, and that's the Community Works Program. Um, Chair, but before I start, Chair, I've been raising this, and it's not what pertaining to this. Our committee um, is not being live streamed like all the other committees. I don't understand why, because there are people outside the broader public who wants to know and listen to what the issues are we're addressing. And I don't know what the issue is that we, our committee in particular, are not being live streamed. You can just address it. Back to the issues at hand. Chair, with all due respect for me, and I'm normally a very optimistic person, but some of this, um, these targets are actually not very useful to us. I'm starting with CWP. Um, it's all great to brag about, um, you know, reaching your target and going even beyond that. The reality is, Chairperson, I know that because I zoom into CWP a lot in areas across the country. It is not the situation on the ground. Maybe there are 270 or 1,000 people in the program. The question is, Chair, we need a breakdown per province, per district, of really how many people are actively participants in this program. I can tell you now, and the TG, that there are people who have not been paid, but they are written down or recorded as active participants in the CWP. The DM knows I've seen the information on one person only. That person hasn't been paid. Upon investigation, she's on record. She hasn't been paid. Her details are being connected to a person that is not her. It's not even a bank detail. So someone is getting paid who's not even in the program, and the person who's actually doing the work every day is not getting paid. Um, also, the department sometimes revealed of the question I asked, that they paid 900 and odd people, ghost workers, people who are deceased. We don't know, Che, if there are even any such people. Maybe there are still lots more left like that. So to come and tell us that you have overachieved, that does, and I, we know for a fact it doesn't translate on the ground. It's just useless. So we can't have it. Then, Che, to say training is not achieved, if I'm correct, the implement, there is now a new implementing agency that will be uh, um, brought back or brought on board. I want them to understand how training has not even been achieved with the ones, and then uh, already we are having others coming on board. And Chair, we need to also find out these implementing agents that are not achieving, why are we contacting them again when we're experiencing so many problems with them? So Chair, for me, it's good to give us information, but that information is useless because this doesn't translate to the real situation on the ground. And I can be challenged on this because I have the information. So we need a serious zoom into this problem. Uh, from Misa, Chair, I would like to understand uh, sort of a breakdown on across the board and across the country or provinces um, how this has been spread, and I think I've asked it before, specifically the, the bursaries, specifically the 
support and training programs and learnerships. Uh, I want to understand, to just get a sense of, is this the spread or, you know, equally across the country? Does it reach all provinces or is it just particular provinces? That, Chair, is all I would like to, to ask for now. Thank you. I see Honorable Mbomza. Uh, thanks, Chairperson. Good morning, Chair, and the Honorable Members, the DM, and uh, all officials of the department and entities. <clears throat> Chair, uh, um, must apologize. I cannot put on my video because I can see that uh, the network is not that stable. Am I audible, Chair? Yes, yes, you are. Thank you very much. Chair. Um, uh, starting with the 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 presentation from the Department of uh, Traditional Affairs, <coughs> uh, uh, particularly the implementation of the Remote Delta Guardian Revolution program to traditional communities, <coughs> of which the intention was to support. <coughs> Uh, the socio-economic being of such uh, traditional communities <laughs> through this uh, very important uh, particular program. The, the, the presentation indicates that they are monitoring uh, eight provinces in the actual implementation on the... Uh, uh, in, uh, monitoring uh, eight provinces in supporting uh, traditional communities to implement this program. <laughs> In their monitoring capability, what is the department's remedial action in relation to where such of where in these pilot programs? Uh, particularly, I know that uh, in the traditional community of Emaklasibane, where this program is a pilot, as we speak of now, it has collapsed. Uh, what then in their monitoring capability are the remedial action uh, to revive such programs that have collapsed as a result of a dispute within communities, traditional communities? Chair, uh, the Department of Cooperative Governance and Traditional Affairs, in the second quarter in March, they are briefing to this very committee. The department had indicated that it was uh, likely to underspend on disaster relief grants as these funds are set out to allocate to municipalities where disaster occur and are only transferred after depletion of the municipality's budget for disaster relief. What is therefore the update on this in the light of the May and April 2022 flood disaster seen in the provinces of Basulu, Natal, Eastern Cape, and Northwest. Furthermore, the fourth quarter report is reflecting to us that there will be an underspending of 4.1% on disaster relief since these funds are only transferred once provinces and municipalities have depleted their allocation. And how is this possible? 
Because in the aftermath of the April-May flood disasters, has been a number of municipalities depleting their locances and struggling to obtain to obtain post-disaster funding. Uh, to Mr. Chair, uh, Mr. has previously advised that it would continue in the last quarter presentation that they would uh, continue engaging with the national treasury to transfer funds, the rollovers back to MESA as they were already committed. And uh, at that particular time, MESA was indicating that they were engaging, there were engagement between MESA and Treasury and were reportedly ongoing. What is the latest program on this matter, Chair? Again, MESA, in its presentation, is indicating that it supported 10 district municipalities with the implementation of operation and maintenance activities. In the light of this, uh, as part of their technical support, in the light of this, uh, uh, the current leaks, whether it's sewage or water, uh, arising out of poor operation and maintenance in a number of municipalities. Now, Mesa is indicating that it's providing this support only to 10 district municipalities. What about uh, the, 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 the 34 district municipalities? Are they actually on good standing on this particular matter? Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mbumza. Honorable Tez has said he left something. So before we, we, we allow responses, Honorable Tez. Huh? No, uh, apologies, Chair, to the committee members and uh, everyone. Uh, and, you, and thank you to yourself for allowing me. Uh, Chair, the issue was relating to uh, the DTH. Uh, uh, in terms of uh, the knowledge of the customary initiation, uh, as we went on oversight of the initiation season in the Eastern Cape. Uh, when we went in there on oversight, you would remember, Chair, that uh, even the, some of the maybe lest I generalize, some of Ingebi's uh, which questions the capacity of the PICC to conduct workshops in villages and to ensure that there are precautionary measures in place to curtail deaths in those areas where the, the custom is practiced. So to locate all necessary items at a traditional council so that they are equally available uh, to, to, to prevent deaths in that in the in the in the in, during during the season. 
uh, that the provincial initiation uh, and the initiation legislation of the of the Eastern Cape is not harmonized. Chair, there is an amount of backwardness, even amongst the traditional the, 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 the chairpersons of provinces and districts, and lo- you go at a local level. And this would uh, uh, permeate to, to community members having to commit these illegal school, these illegalities. Uh, because one, there is no awareness. And, and, and we can't have a situation where whenever these things are done, Chair, there must be a service provider for everything. There must be something that we are getting, even about the life of our children who are going through these things. Number two, Chair, you can't have a leader, let alone of a province, equating a situation that endangers children, which is illegal initiation schools, Chair, equating it to to a learner driver, a a, a learner driver situation. Wherein, wherein he is justifying the, 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 the age, whereas the customary initiation uh, uh, act is clear about the age of 16. Then you have a leader there that is saying that uh, uh, on the sites uh, that uh, it is the same thing as, uh, as, as, as teaching a child because the car will not be will not endanger once a child is is uh, is, is knows how to drive properly you you will not be in danger because you will be observing a, 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 a defensive driving if it's properly taken to so here you have a situation you can see there is a leadership vacuum on understanding the essence of what it is to 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 save lives in terms of uh, the, the objects of the constitution, Chair. So, so I'm asking fervently to the department, uh, what awareness campaigns have they done, uh, have they done to make sure that the PIC, what oversight mechanism have they, have they done to make sure that the PICC harmonizes uh, uh, and, and, and explicate a backwardness within this this leadership, and then uh, ensure that uh, uh, initiation uh, uh, pre- uh, customary CIA is implemented uh, in terms of what should should be happening there. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much uh, for the questions and comments. Uh, I will now hand over to the department to respond. Uh, good, good afternoon to your person and good afternoon to the members once again and I want to thank everyone for the questions that have been asked. Uh, Chair and members, I am joined by the team so I have allocated some of the responses. I, I will start. Um, the uh, first question uh, from Honorable Matumba. Uh, just with regards to the disciplinary process and the status of investigations uh, and, the, and the rationale or the reasons why they're taking so long. 
perhaps just to say that we as a department did provide um, to the committee a report on the 5th of April with this update. Uh, I know it would appear that there has been no appetite uh, to follow through on these uh, reports, but um, it's important to note that uh, they go back to 2016, 2017. Uh, and um, we have since objected the people to consequence management. Uh, and of course, we are at the tail end uh, of one of the, uh, let me call it the major processes um, that relate to three of our uh, senior managers. Uh, and where there's criminal investigation requirements here, we've also ensured that we pass that through uh, to the Hawks. Um, the second question uh, was from um, also Andrew Matumba. It related to security and the use of the um, service providers uh, to provide our security services rather than uh, creating meaningful uh, employment for um, prospective employees. Uh, so perhaps yes, yeah, just to say that we actually have a current mix or we apply a hybrid approach in the department where we do have permanently employed security other than the the security uh, institutions that we've engaged to assist us in security matters. And the rationale for us is simply that our current cost of employment uh, would not allow for us to be able to carry the full costs for permanently employed uh, security guards. Uh, and of course, if you look at our budget uh, over the next three years, uh, as well, it's a, a budget that diminishes specifically for for cost of, um, as it would relate to employment of of uh, employees. We also then believe that it's it's a more cost effective approach uh, for us to utilize uh, uh, based on our budget allocations. Then there is a, a question that. Um, also relates to, there's two more questions, Chair. One was to, from the Honorable Swiss on CWP. So I would like to ask Mr. Pretorius to respond to all those questions. And then also the disaster related uh, questions to be responded by uh, the acting DDG there, I mean. So if I could hand over to Peter. Thank you. Now you can, you can deploy your team anyhow to respond. Thank you, um, DG, and good morning, Honorable Chair, Honorable uh, Members, uh, Deputy Minister, and colleagues. Um, and as far as the targets that we have in our report um, indicate, um, these are all participants that actually got paid, Honorable Spice. Um We can provide a detailed breakdown of the actual number of participants that are getting paid every month in every province, in every um, site. Um, we can provide that um, to the committee. Um, it is true that in the past, especially in the recent past, we struggled a lot with paying participants on time. We had uh, challenges with the system that is housed at the State Information Technology Agency. 
Um, however, I'm sure you would have noted that over the past two months, we've finished paying all participants before the end of each month, which is indeed also the target that we've set for ourselves. The only exceptions would be where participants would have changed their banking details um, during the course of a month, and those banking details were not updated. There's normally a few hundred participants every month that does not get do not get paid on time because of changes in banking details. Um, but the number indicated are participants that actually got paid through the CWP program, and we can provide you with the monthly data then on uh, how many gets paid per province and per site. Um, we really hope now that we've addressed the issue of participants get, getting paid late, and I think the past two months showed that those efforts are are paying off. In terms of ghost workers, it is quite true from previous audit findings that there were quite a number of deceased participants being paid. However, our um, the Auditor General will confirm in the report um, that will be we will be discussing with the Portfolio Committee in the next few months that there's been a significant reduction. And in the few instances where participants, deceased participants are still getting paid, their money is recovered directly from the implementing agents. So the department does not pay the cost of those participants. Um, I think at the last count, there was about 100,000 to 130,000 rand paid over a six-month period to deceased participants. And that 130,000 rand has been recovered from the implementing agents. So there has been a significant reduction. Um, then we also, the, the comments about the training, it is um, when we appointed the, the new contracts for implementing agents in October last year, we introduced very strict rules about procurement, as this was a, a challenge in the previous contract. And the way in which implementing agents procure, which uh, required implementing agents before they procure to first refer their procurement process to the department so we could verify that the process is indeed compliant. That unfortunately then led to delays in procurement, which is why we did not meet the training target. So the training target is that 10% of participants must be trained every year. And we then also hope that in future, uh, as we continue to reduce overhead costs, we channel those um, savings we have. In the past, we challenged, challenged those savings to increase the actual value of stipends paid to participants. But in future, that we will also increase the number of participants that can be trained. And it also relates then in the new contract then to the usefulness of the training. So our efforts in future will also then go into making sure that the training that is being offered to participants actually uh, benefits them and provides them with an opportunity then to um, in future find opportunities to exit the program um, so they can enter more permanent uh, work opportunities. I believe those were all the questions related to CWP. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you, Chair. And if I could then call upon Anne with your permission. Yes. Good afternoon, um, honourable chairperson and honourable members. Um, uh, I just want to respond to the question with regards to the disaster relief funding. Um, I've also switched off the, the video to save bandwidth, if that is in order. Um, 
the previous financial year, there was an understanding with regards to disaster relief. And it is true that it is because of uh, provinces and municipalities uh, first need to use their own uh, funds in terms of the disaster management legislation, and then they can apply for, for funding. So um, it, it can be applied for from the Provincial and Municipal Disaster Response Grant. And if I can just refer to this year's allocation, uh, uh, there was an allocation of 145.3 million and 371.4 million respectively for this financial year. And at the moment, because of the, the floods in KZN, all those funds have been depleted. So it is really a matter of, you know, when uh, in the financial year the, the disasters occur, um, uh, when those funds are allocated and how they are being applied for by the municipalities and the provinces. So um, it is it is it's provided for in the <coughs> sorry in the legislation and and we have to deal with it in terms of the the grant funding. I think that that deals with the with the question with regards to the uh, expenditure of the previous year. Um, and and also referring to the floods of this year uh, in terms of the allocation of the funding and that it is now depleted. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Chair. We've covered the uh, questions for DCOG. If I could then hand over to Nisa CEO, with your permission, Chair. Thanks. Yes. Thank you very much, Chair. At least my turn to respond. Yes. Uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, I also have a team, uh, Chairperson, uh, that will assist in uh, providing responses. Uh, DDJ Alan Zimba and uh, Ms. Fezegan Mbembe, the CFO. I will start, Chairperson, uh, uh, with uh, the questions raised by Honorable Teza with regard to the 44 districts that were supported. In what manner did the support affect uh, rural municipalities? Uh, uh, Chairperson, as the committee knows, the MISA mandate in the main uh, is focused on medium to low capacity municipalities, of which the majority will be rural districts. And, and in our support, therefore, the majority of municipalities that our support uh, uh, affect are rural district municipalities. But you will see that, uh, that we, support, we have supported 44 in the sense that uh, if you look at the MIG program, it affects about 219 municipalities. And within the 219 municipalities, they, they will fall within the 44 districts. And there we have deployed engineers. And over and above that, we work with the department in terms of um, appraising the plans 
the implementation plans coming from municipalities, ensuring that uh, those plans are implementable and formed in the MIG program, and also assist municipalities uh, with the monitoring and uh, project management support uh, when delivering uh, the projects that are implemented through MIG. So we do have a detail that we can uh, share uh, with the honorable members on the actual support rendered on the 44. And now does MISA understand the special development versus, of course, the need for municipalities to build industries, build revenue, and so forth? In answering the question, Chair, I will say, uh, as you know, there is a nexus between uh, the special planning and engineering uh, support, and MISA would then deploy planners, town and regional planners, to assist with the special side of the implementation of the municipal programs. And in the main, the aim is to ensure that the infrastructure that is then developed flowing from the special plan contribute to building of the economy of the municipalities, including the revenue. So that's how we then uh, contribute. And this is deadline on slide 12. I think on the presentation, uh, uh, we are indicating them that the process to conclude the enrollment of learners in the program shall be concluded during the first quarter of 2022-2023, pending finalization of the verification of criminal record checks and qualifications. So I think it answers then the question. Then DDG uh, Alan will respond to the next question around the update in relation to make expenditure for the fourth quarter. And then there was a question relating now specifically to me in relation to the Matole matter. Chairperson, uh, we did provide a report uh, to the committee. Uh, if uh, PRF members uh, did not receive the report, I think it can be made available again. I think it was submitted. Thanks, Chairperson. And also, uh, questions relating to fruitless and vegetable expenditure. Uh, CFO will respond. Uh, do I expenditure on security? Uh, also, with regard to honorable space, uh, breakdown of spread of bursaries, trainings, and leadership programs, we do have a report on honorable space we can uh, share with the members in terms of the breakdown, but we always endeavor to ensure that uh, we spread our support to all the provinces. Of course, the priority will always be uh, the rural and the poor districts of our country. From Honorable Pumza, Mr. previously advised that we would be continuously engaging with National Treasury. Yes, we are engaging with National Treasury, and we had a meeting recently where the Minister convened a meeting with the Minister of Finance on the very same matter. And we are 
awaiting National Treasurer's response. We are told it is sitting, uh, the response is sitting with DTG uh, National Treasurer. Uh, so anytime soon we can then uh, get uh, the response from national, the final response from National Treasury. Uh, Mr. Supported 10 districts with implementation of OMM. DG Alan will respond on that, as well as the question relating to the leaks around the uh, 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 rising out of Suwa and what about the 34 district if we only supported um, uh, 10. I will hand over to the Alan, then followed by uh, on CFO, uh, President Ombembe. Thanks, Chairperson. Uh, uh, thank, thank you very much, uh, CEO. Um, greetings uh, to you, um, Honorable Chair, and uh, to all the Honorable Members, uh, to the Honorable Deputy Minister, the Accounting Officers and Colleagues. Thank you very much, um, uh, CEO. With respect to the MIG expenditure at the end of the fourth quarter, um, the countrywide expenditure was at 60% of the total. That was end of March, which was uh, the fourth quarter for ourselves as provincial and national governments. However, Honorable Chair, um, for the municipalities, uh, they will then... Um, uh, be assessed as at the end of June for the end of the municipal financial year. Um, we commit to get that um, the final uh, report from the MIG unit, uh, chaired by Berna in TCOC, and submit it to the committee uh, with your permission, Honorable Chair. That was the first question. The second one on the O and M activities from um, Honorable Mpunza. Indeed, uh, uh, in our annual performance plan, we have only uh, provided 10 municipalities that we are indicating that uh, we intend to support. And uh, the reason why we have only 10 instead of 44 is because of the limited capacity uh, that we have internally and honorable chair and honorable members. But to answer the question directly, what about the other 34? Indeed, um, the situation is not good in total um, uh, of the OM activities. However, Honorable Chair, what we do as part of our work, we do assessments and where there is direct support needed, even if it is outside the term, we uh, provide support. For example, we have already deployed a team, which is part of the national team supporting Mangahu, which was not part of those 10, as much as the uh, district space in terms of the DDM. So the, 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 the direct answer is um, it's because of the limited capacity that we have. And one of the reasons is actually that funding issue, the question that was raised um, uh, the, the, which was not approved by National Treasury as part of the retention of surplus fund. The other question was from Honorable Spice on the spread. Um, on the spread of our programs, uh, I will start with the experiential learners. The experiential learners, the, the spread, we endeavor to spread it nationally. 
However, we always have a challenge on about this in the sense that we, we always have a challenge in the sense that as much as we would like the spread to be equitable countrywide, um, when we engage with municipalities, we find that municipalities are not keen on taking these experiential learners whom they have to then um, ensure that um, uh, they, they are learning and they, uh, they, are not, uh, they are not yet qualified. That's on the experiential learners. They prefer those uh, programs where the learners actually assist in the work. For example, the young graduate program, um, where the learners, they are actually doing the work while they are also trying to register. So on the experiential learners, we do have a challenge of mismatch as much as we try to cover nationally. And uh, we find that some municipalities, they end up not um, um, having these learners because of that mismatch. They don't want to accept experiential learners. But on the young graduates, uh, we try to spread nationally, but the way we approach it to be transparent and fair, we go to all the institutions of um, uh, uh, higher learning for bursaries, we advertise there for young graduates, we advertise nationally, and we go through a transparent process to try and cover nationally. We do have um, a list, um, um, honorable chair and honorable speech that we can provide of all our learning, uh, our capacity building programs to show where are our apprentices, where are our experiential learners, uh, where are uh, uh, um, our young graduates, and even bursaries. And with your permission, we can provide uh, that information. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Thank you. The next one. Uh, sorry, Chair, if I may. Yeah, for will respond. Uh, sorry, Chair, Chair will respond on the finance questions. And Ms. Rifilo Matabate, our Chief Director of Corporate Services, will also respond on the question raised by Honorable Matumba on the security. Over to you, Sefo. Yes. Who is, who is speaking now? Um, thank you very much, CEO. Good morning, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, our Honorable Deputy Minister, the DGs, um, CEO and colleagues. Chair, I will be touching on the frivolous and wasteful expenditure. The first one is in relation to TV licenses. That one, um, it was mainly because um, the statements and the invoices were sent to an official that left the organization. And unfortunately, there was no one to take over. It was the head of ICT. So there was that lapse in terms of the time. Um, then when we did a follow-up, we realized that there um, <clears throat> was that charge. However, uh, this one, it should be completed pretty soon. Um, and the investigation internal audit has um, concluded. It's at, the report is at draft stage. It's just awaiting um, um, discussions with um, the relevant management. Then um, it, it will obviously make recommendations. If um, there are any officials that are found liable, we'll make sure that we do recover that 2,000 plus. 
from the relevant officials and consequence management will be effected accordingly. The second one that is um, around half a million is in relation to um, a litigation. There's a case that we had against a service provider, um, travel management company of which there was a collusion uh, between um, employees. I think at Cocta, because we had participated on that contract back then. Um, and um, we took them to court because they were claiming more than um, we were owing them. But Mesa lost the case, and um, the interest now is as a result of the court ruling that we were instructed to pay over to the service provider. So it was not um, necessary delays on payments on, of, of invoices. It, it did not emanate from, 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 from that direction. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Okay, the last one from Mesa. So with, uh, thank you. Okay, thank you, CEO. Uh, good morning, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, and good morning, colleagues. Chair, I will deal with a question on um, security. And um, uh, Chair, we, we uh, as, as, as Misa, over the past five years, we've spent what, uh, 5.4 million on, on security services. And um, this was uh, uh, paid to three contractors uh, over the five years. Um, and, and, and the Chair, on, on, on the question of um, what uh, future plans are to incorporate um, security officers into, into the MISA um, establishment. We, we noted the concerns that have been raised by the honorable members about um, how, how um, security officers are treated by these uh, private companies. And Chair, this being a policy um, discussion that we then need to have further having, having considered and heard the, the, the concerns raised by the members. Uh, we will we will then moving forward go back to the drawing board and 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 look at how we then will deal with the matter. But also, chair, this is one that we would have to um, discuss and agree on between ourselves as as NISA, DCOP, and and DTA uh, because it's one that when we uh, eventually move to a portfolio building, there would have to be consistency on 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 how the matter is addressed. We would not want a situation where one institution has a security officer as, as, as employees, another uh, uses a private um, company. So, Chair, what I'm saying is that there would have to be discussions on this matter internally within MISA, but also um, within the portfolio so that moving forward, we have a, a, a consistent way of dealing with the matter. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. I, I assume that concludes MISA uh, response. Uh, DG. No, thank you, uh, Honorable Chair. And just my apologies. Uh, we still had uh, uh, to table a response on the comments that were made by Honorable Matumba on the MEC uh, and the percentage that we um, have placed as a target. And then also just on his comments that he made around the loss of revenue water, um, sorry, the revenue loss, sorry, on water and electricity and the focus that we need to have on that area. So I want to say to the honorable member that yes, indeed, 
is right. We need to place a lot more emphasis or focus on this because indeed municipalities need to uh, collect the revenue that they should. Uh, but I'm also joined in the meeting uh, by Mr. Sigaba, and you can also perhaps just point out some of the challenges that we faced in this regard. Uh, just with regards to the MIG itself and the percentage, um, I think a disjuncture has uh, arises, should I say, because the financial year end for national is uh, March, whilst municipalities, their financial year end ends in July. So when we come back to report for the first quarter, you'll find that uh, the, um, the MIG uh, then uh, target increases or shows that we've achieved a uh, 92%. So I think that's just what creates uh, the, the uh, reporting um, percentages that we do in the outline chair. So if I could just ask Mr. Segaba to respond on the second part. Thank you, Chair, and apologies once again. Thank you, DJ. Uh, good morning to honorable chair and honorable members and uh, our deputy minister and uh, colleagues. Uh, honorable Matumba had, had reflected on the non-achievement around non-revenue water and non-revenue electricity. Uh, chair, the department had sought to understand you know, the extent to which water service authorities and the licensed electricity distributors, how they were prioritizing the reduction of this non-revenue water and non-revenue electricity, you know, for the financial year in, 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 in question, that is 2021-2022. Uh, this undertaking was imperative because we wanted to provide the department with a clear picture of how municipalities are reflecting and responding to the challenges of non-revenue water and non-revenue electricity. What we did is when we made this decision to, to, in other words, to monitor the municipalities, whether they are reporting on this, was they had already adopted their own sort of budget. And hence, they didn't put this target in their SDB. That, that is the only reason why then we, we, in other words, we had not achieved because we decided to monitor this, but already municipalities had already adopted their budget. And we didn't indicate to municipalities that they must put this target in their own service delivery budget and implementation plans. But we have sought then, we have since then discussed with the National Treasury so that this also becomes an indicator. So, it's, 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 but we do have a detailed report that's, uh, that's about uh, 50 pages that we can share with the committees that actually deals with all the sort of municipalities, so, so to say. Thank you, Chair. Uh, can we now move to uh, uh, traditional affairs? DJ. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. I'm switching on the camera because I see in the chat uh, platform, uh, Honorable Space has posted a message saying, can we please uh, see people? Um, and so that's why I'm, 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 I'm switching on the uh, the, the the camera two um, comments, uh, Chair. Uh, there was a question raised by uh, uh, Honourable uh, Boomza about the 
uh, projects that we monitor in provinces and traditional communities. Um, I, I think uh, uh, if you look at some of the challenges that these this projects experience, they, they, they vary. Uh, they vary. They, they are challenges of uh, resource shortages. Uh, they are challenges of um, capacity. They are challenges of disputes, as Bumza uh, indicates. So our role, we, we really come in as, as a, firstly an, an agent of good practices because being able to move from one province uh, to another, seeing what uh, is being done in one community and the lessons that can be learned from that community, we are able to, uh, to, to share those, uh, those, uh, those, those lessons. Um, uh, but what we also do, I think in terms of, of resources, because we don't have the, the resource uh, envelope ourselves to, to assist them. So to the extent possible, we, we are then able to facilitate uh, partnerships. For example, I think the partnership that, that has been there with the, with the Solidarity Fund has been quite useful uh, in supporting some, some of the initiatives. Um, but uh, 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 where there are disputes that, that, that uh, require interventions as well, we... We try to work as closely as possible with our provincial counterparts uh, because ultimately they are closer uh, to, to the scene uh, and should be able to, to intervene quicker. Uh, but as these matters come to our attention, we, we, we enlist the, the support of our, our provincial counterparts so that they can assist. But I know that there are specific instances where ourselves, working with uh, Deputy Minister Wabela, uh, have, have had to go directly uh, on the ground uh, where they were these kinds of disputes, as, as Honorable Bumza is, is pointing out. I think one of the exciting initiatives that, that we, 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 we have been discussing recently uh, is that of, of work that where the, the National School of Government has, has, has developed a particular training program on socioeconomic development in traditional communities. They've piloted that uh, with few traditional leaders in the, uh, in the Eastern Cape, and, and we had discussions about how we can then just broaden that so that it can benefit a lot of other uh, tradi- uh, members of a traditional uh, institutional traditional leadership. Uh, and they've agreed uh, with us that, uh, that that will be done. We just have to bring our provincial counterparts uh, on board. And it's a very interesting program where you come from an initial uh, couple of days of the, of the training, but you go away to apply the knowledge um, that, that you, have, you have gained and then you come back for for the last uh, period uh, of the of the of the training, and then you complete it. So specifically designed program by the National School of Government on socio-economic development in traditional uh, communities, and and we continue to explore uh, these kinds of, of opportunities uh, so that we are able to uh, to to assist uh, this this uh, these initiatives. The Honourable Gaza raises a painful issue, uh, Honourable Chair, uh, in terms of of, of, of cultural initiation. Um, and, and there's a direct question about ultimately is the uh, awareness raising uh, that, that has been done. Um, I think with the, with the coming into effect of the Customary uh, Initiation Act um, in, in September last year, um, uh, I, think that, I, I don't think that has uh, left enough time for enough uh, awareness raising to be done. I, if, if you look at uh, you know the act coming into effect in September, and the act saying the like the national uh, initiation oversight uh, a committee should be appointed within three months, so that by end of November it would be in office. 
that that's what was done. The minister appointed the the, the NIOC uh, by by the end of of November, um, and and they started in earnest to then start working with PICCs. And I know that the the, the National uh, Initiation Oversight Committee started arranging to engage directly with each one of the provincial initiation co- coordinating uh, committees. But I think what has then become a problem as well was that because the legislation says the the term of office of the coordinate of the oversight committee and the coordinating committee is aligned to that of the national and provincial houses. Uh, and as members would recall, the term of office of the national house um, ended in June. Uh, so which means that it created a bit of of, of instability there as we now following the uh, establishment of the new houses, provincial and national, that the process of reconstituting new the National Initiation Oversight Committee as well as the Provincial Initiation uh, Coordinating Committee uh, has, has, now, has now started. So, so it, 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 in a sense, interrupted uh, the, the momentum uh, around the awareness raising. And I would agree with, with Honorable Professor uh, that there is really, really more uh, that needs to be done. And I, 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 I think given what the, the National Initiation Oversight uh, Committee had started, that once re-established, I think we can only expect that there will be more and more awareness raising so that these kinds of issues, which, which in a sense also uh, relate to resistance to some of the issues uh, introduced by the legislation. Uh, the Honorable Kaza gives the example of the issue of age, age limit. I mean, we saw in another province where the province even wrote to the minister asking the minister, uh, can, we, can, we not be, um, can we be allowed to go below the age uh, that is required in terms of the of the of the CIA and then of course the minister you know, was an emphatic no that you can't do that the legislation says this a child as defined in the in the children's act you are not going to to get a, a deviation uh, from that so it's it's that part of that ongoing uh, awareness raising engagement education that will have to take place but that momentum will now have to be regained uh, now that we we've got the new houses of traditional and question leadership being having been established which then creates a basis for the constitution of the PICCs and the, 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 the National Initiation Oversight Committee, and then the rest of the program uh, can, 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 can then unfold. Uh, thank you very much, Chair, Honorable Chairperson. I, I hope I was audible, uh, Honorable Chair. Who is speaking without unmuting myself? You were when you ended. Uh, but I was then saying this was uh, 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 winding up the responses. I would uh, imagine there might be follow-ups, but I'm the first one to follow up. I'm saying for DCOC. <clears throat> Uh, I think this matter has been raised, this thing of uh, a non-payment of a community works program. Uh, we, we don't have platforms to engage on some of this, but uh, one would imagine that uh, what we are testing is uh, responsiveness 
when issues get raised <clears throat> and to a point where we must be satisfied that there is responsiveness, uh, not for us, but for communities that we represent. So this thing of uh, non-payment of uh, CWP workers, I think we must find a way to close it and make sure that it, it, it functions uh, without anyone having to raise. Now, the last one I thought I should raise as a member of uh, parliament is this thing of, uh, what is this? Is this CRIP5s for ex-councillors. So there's one member from my constituency who keeps on asking me uh, he can't get his CR, his uh, PI, what is this? But I think you, you have noted it. And uh-huh. we have been sending the name of this person to some person we don't know, but it keeps on coming back uh, now I can imagine that it might not be the only person who has that problem. So anyone who has got not necessarily to respond here, response should be by action. So that uh, if we see one individual problem, it then can indicate that there's a problem. And the response is not more about telling us, it's more about action. So that is uh, just that one. Uh, Honorable members, if there are any follow-ups. <clears throat> I see Honorable uh, Matumba. And me too, sir, uh, Jay. And Honorable Space and Honorable Teza. I'm not sure, Honorable Mpumza, whether it's the old hand but uh, you you'll indicate honorable matumba no thanks chair i i, I would like to thank um uh, ms matavata on on your answer uh, on, on 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 security even though she she didn't cover everything but uh, you know what i have expected from uh, department uh, on, on the, the one on I raised on, on page 19. I mean, the answer was on cost-effective approach based on a cost-effective approach that uh, this is what we can do in order for to, to, to save money. But the last time we asked the minister she came with the municipality that said we can save 15 million per month if we are to cut service providers. But what 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 is more painful? It's nothing is being said except by Mr. Matawati to say we are going to be involved on well-being of the security cards because. No one, these security guards do not even have a union that can represent them. I've seen security guards working for three months, no salary, but service provider is getting money. Securities are suffering. At least one should have said, 
No, we are going to come up with mechanisms to make sure that securities are paid better. We are going to come up with a, a, a benchmarking of saying this is how much securities must be paid and this is how we can resolve the problem. Because when security go to the municipality, municipality say go to the service provider and the service provider just fire them at a go. So the question is, what is it that you are going to do to make sure that there is well-being of this service pro, uh, of security guards and the cost-effective approach? It, 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 that one, I don't understand what you are saying by cost-effective because it is expensive to hire security companies than to hire securities direct. If you are to hire securities guard direct, you are going to save money you are going to create, uh, to provide for job security. And on, on MISA, um, Chair, uh, I, at some point, I'm, I'm, I'm even tempted to say MISA must close shops and the money directed to MISA must go to municipalities directly. I mean, how do you have under-expenditure due to vacancies and a failure to recruit young graduates when uh, young people are looking for jobs like this. How do you say fund surrendered was not budgeted for? I mean, every department, every institution is looking for funds and you are surrendering funds because not budgeted for. Can't you have ways, mechanisms to budget for money that is that you have with you? Uh, I mean, underspending, it's, 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 it's something else. Every department is looking for money and uh, you are under understanding. And uh, lastly, Chair, uh, this one we have to look into. It cannot be that we continue with securities that are not hired directly by departments when the apartheid government, the government that used to hate us with everything, was employing securities directly, paying them, giving them benefits, and having them retiring on pension. It cannot be that we do to black people worse than what was done to them by the apartheid government. Securities must be absorbed directly. These stories of saying uh, we are going at, at the algonogram and what, it, it doesn't hold any water because the money that you are paying to service provider, you can put in and use it to pay salaries. You will save up and uh, it will be better for, for everyone. The story doesn't hold water. Uh, absorb securities directly. Securities must not work for tender people who abuse them every day. Thank you. So the next speaker is uh, Honorable Teza. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Uh, uh, very quickly, uh, <clears throat> the DG of COCTA uh, is going to expose herself by being a, a person who, who, deals, who, who deals with issues from a malicious compl compliance point of view. In that, uh, 
here is the, a, a question of principle that you've got a situation that when your department is supposed to save money uh, through the insourcing of the security guards, you don't take that opportunity to, to respond scientifically because we ask the question, we even give you the, the numbers here that are returned, that particular security company has eaten to the coffers of the state. And the, the, the question, the, the, the answer should be uh, based on what is the action that will be taken by the department in order to curtail the situation and, and, and while allowing, in terms of Section 10 of the Constitution, which maintains that uh, 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 every person has a right to dignity, and that dignity uh, must be protected. And I don't know why do we overlook uh, uh, some of the objects of, of, of this, uh, this, this Constitution. When it comes to Black people and their dignity, if at this particular time, if we were to say that uh, we are a listening government and a progressive uh, uh, developing state and so forth, uh, really, we, we must get to a point of even changing the legislation because I believe that the EFF has, has, has the outsourcing bill uh, in parliament, which was not supported. And I think we should uh, re- reawaken this particular principle as a committee so that uh, we are not seen as people who sit in committees and not change people's lives, Chair. We're here, we are hearing the same figures, the same figures talk about uh, 70 learners, and then it talks about 33 achieve in terms of what it says in, in, in slide 12. And then we, we, we do not get a, a proper responses in terms of that. I asked the question about corruption of three cases in the department that are not finalized. What is the disciplinary process? Is it underway? If it is, it's underway, can they provide the relevant details? Because I even said, Chair, we, we are going to look like uh, uh, people who are promoting uh, immunity of, of, of the officials uh, uh, from prosecution. And, we, and I need a report. And if a report of a COO is available, it must be sent to the group so that we can all access it. It must not be something that is mysterious somewhere. And, and that should be a different uh, report from the, the one that, that we're asking pertaining to, 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 to the three cases within the, uh, of, of financial irregularities within the, 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 the department. And so uh, we, we, we really uh, urge the department to be vigilant on these issues uh, when they respond, please. Where is the public management? Uh, on slide 12. Uh, because the DG explains why 33 and uh, 33 uh, out of 52 municipalities were able to, to lose water. I mean, 
where is the public management of the municipality? Because it is the one that deals with the with all those things of of the of of refuse removal. What stability measures have the department taken to to ensure that uh, uh, municipalities do not lose on on electricity and uh, um, uh, water? Because they should have been insourced anyway, Chair. Even those services of of of, of reticulation, uh, we have an, we have a situation in Guyana of reticulation that that has uh, uh, stopped. There is no water that is, go, uh, is going there for, for six villages. Up until now in, 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 in Hosani uh, uh, traditional uh, communities there, affecting six, 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 uh, uh, six uh, villages. Because of the tender system, the corruptibility of that system allows for people not to be monitored for those projects not to be monitored and evaluated. It also allows for political uh, connections in which some of the officials, and this information is public, you can go to, to, to any, uh, any, any, any media house. You can go to the Auditor General's reports that they are directly connected uh, in, in benefiting uh, on this on on this project how about uh, uh, insourcing these uh, so that uh, 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 while people are the, 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 the department and the and the and the, the provinces the metros the municipalities the districts uh, have internal capacity to deliver on their mandate on time and with quality because also quality in the process is compromised. Apart from the fact that uh, it, it empowers individuals and leave uh, 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 disempowered uh, communities. And while that particular pro- project has, has stopped, uh, somebody else is, 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 is on another tender in, in another province. In the same way, manner in which there are no consequences for wrongdoing, people resign before before the the, the, the investigation section uh, uh, one hundred six reports uh, uh, are implemented against them. They resign, in, and then you find them in another. It's a mess, and the department must fix this mess, and it must be seen to be uh, uh, changing these circumstances for for service delivery and the quality that should. Uh, a, a couple the 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 delivery of services. Thank you, Chair, for the opportunity. Uh, honorable Space. Um, Chairperson, thank you very much. Chair, I sometimes wonder if it's even useful to ask questions when your questions are misinterpreted and not responded to. Um, Mr. Pretorius responded to my question, but it was not what I asked. It's not what I referred to. As much as there's a problem with paying participants, the issue is not you can pay people, but you, the question is, are these people actually actively participants in the program? And that is what is found 
a lot on the ground that there's record of people working in the program and monies are being paid, but they are not actively in the program. And so it can bolster up the totals that are given to us, but that's not the real situation on the ground. And if there is not a willingness and a seriousness to address the issues that we so consistently report about in this committee, I do not see why we are asking these questions. At some point, sometimes people must admit there is a serious problem and that we work together in solving that problem and not only respond because there is a reply needed. And that's what I find. Uh, if a person cannot even put their camera on for us without an apology, I wonder if really we are going to be listened to. If a person cannot respond to your queries when you send them queries, I'm asking myself, are we really getting somewhere? And that's how I feel today, Chair. We are not raising things in vain or because we want to sound important. We are raising things because on a daily basis, these things are brought under our attention and we are the people who are seen to be able to convey this because we are being put in positions or elected in positions representing people who counts on us. But if your officials in the department doesn't understand that has no empathy. It's not going to help. It's not going to work. And we're not going to get nowhere. And we're going to get the same and the same old answers over and over again. And that, Chairperson, is what gets to me in this committee. That we are sometimes just taken for a ride. Thank you. Uh, Chair? Chair? I always know I've been going my tool. Chair? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to allow uh, Honorable Mbumza. <clears throat> I don't know whether you want to, what do you want? It's, it's another follow-up. Yeah, Chair, it's just a quick one before Honorable Mbumza um, okay, comes. Okay, just that quick one, yes. Yes, isn't it that we must also uh, assist in the electricity loss, Chair? The rise of people who are selling illegal electricity in South Africa, it's on the rise. And our people are the ones who suffer most because when municipality and ESCOM find, find out, they switch off for them and they have to pay around 6000 6, So can the departments go and uh, really investigate people who are selling this illegal electricity because it is in their offices and our people become victims because they are poor, they end up buying this electricity. It will assist them in electricity uh, loss. Can they investigate and make sure that they arrest those who are selling illegal electricity in their offices? Thanks. Thanks. Uh, Honorable Omza. Uh, uh, thanks, Chair. Um, Chair, uh, um, actually, whether amplifying whatever, the question raised by Honorable Matunjwa. During our outreach in Port St. John's, communities that raised that uh, some particular people 
are buying like 200 units of electricity for 500 rand. And then he said that this electricity is bought from Houteng in Port St. John's. I'm saying then, I'm amplifying the point raised, the question raised by Honorable Matunja that it needs some investigation. Chair, in the last quarter, whilst I was raising my questions, um, Chair, I missed this one, um, that in the last quarter, uh, when the committee, or when the department was briefing us as the committee, we were informed that 39 districts District 1 district plans for six metros and 33 districts had been completed, which implied that 13 plans were still pending finalization. Uh, what would be the update in this regard, Chair? Uh, again, Chair, on the transfer to the department in MISA, COCTA and MISA, DCOC and MISA, uh, through their transfers. Uh, an big scheme was uh, initiated in the district of Arfenzo. I'm looking at this uh, technical support uh, in planning by MISA as well as the department. That, uh, that big project, project was implemented as far back as in 2012. And uh, it has not been completed up to today. Uh, I don't know what kind of a multi-year project is that particular one, because it's still ongoing from 2012. And almost over 500 households were supposed to benefit from that particular regional scheme, are buying water from tankering services. And... uh, to what extent, therefore, is this technical support in planning and engineering by MISA uh, going far in assisting the Alfred or district municipal to make sure that particular scheme is being completed? In the same district chain, along with the Wild Coast Sun, on those communities, there is a beautiful scheme there, which is a a black elephant, because ever since it was established, another Arctic's program, it had never rendered water. Instead, when you open up the tap, it renders air. And those communities, again, are struggling because they had now to buy water from tankering services at a high cost. Then these transfers, to what extent the department monitoring that they are actually a building functional schemes other than these schemes that are now defunct and therefore being a disappointment to communities. My last uh, chair would be that uh, the the department of uh, COCTA, uh, again, when is it uh, apparently, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Chair. Okay, thanks, Chair. Okay. Uh, I think this is the last responses now. Can we allow the department and uh, 
departments, both, and Mesa. Thank you, Chairperson, and good afternoon um, to all the members once again. Uh, Chair, I will ask uh, for further responses, but uh, just perhaps on the response as it relates to the disciplinary cases, Chair, I want to confirm that the uh, disciplinary matters are actually ongoing uh, and they are actively actually sitting. Um, and in this past month, the uh, uh, the cases were proceeding and they were sitting uh, uh, every second week. Uh, we are at a point now where we are awaiting the reports uh, from the chairperson. But what we will do, we will send a, a full report um, as a follow-on to the one that we have sent in April. Uh, I think with regard to the, the, the issues uh, on CWP and the active, active participants, uh, Mr. Pretoria is just to provide an extended uh, response on that. Um, and so if he could come in now. Thanks, Chair. Yes. Thank you, Dichi, and thank you, Chair. Um, in, in response to the follow-up questions on CWP, Chair, we fully agree that it's very important that we do not have a situation again where participants are not paid on time every month. Um, and as I indicated over the past two months, all the participants we paid before the end of the month, we were working closely with CETA. We also made changes to the um, officials that are working on this every month to make sure that in future everybody gets paid before the end of the month. So this is a very high priority for us as a department as well. And I can assure you that the officials working on this work day and night when it comes to payment time to make sure that this is done. Um, on the, the follow-up questions and comments by Honorable Spice, first of all, my apologies, Honorable Spice, for not switching on my camera. Um, it is most definitely not out of disrespect for this committee. We take our work very seriously. Um, and the team that works on the CWP is a very committed team. <clears throat> but you are right, we are a very small a handful of people. We're 10 to 15 people. We cannot monitor 250 sites or more than 250 sites and almost 6,000 subsites to see whether the people that are indicated on a timesheet um, actually did work. We receive timesheets from the sites that are managed by the implementing agents and by the site managers that they appoint. And we base our payments on those timesheets. So the handful of people we have cannot possibly monitor every site. We have, however, we receive reports of these um, timesheets being signed, but people do not actually do the work. Our officials do go out to those sites and they pay surprise visits. And we have found in cases where the timesheets are signed in the morning and people go home, or sometimes they even signed for a week in advance, and then people do not work at the sites. And then we make sure that the implementing agents are then held to account for that. And unfortunately, in the current fiscal environment, we, we are limited in the number of people we can appoint on our organizational structure. We have to rely on implementing oh. agents, and we can only monitor 
in those cases, we pay surprise visits, but we can also only monitor if we are informed that there are issues. And where we can, we do that. We do go to sites and we do take action. So that, um, and maybe in future, you, you are correct. We are working on a new operating model. We've already implemented part of that where there's a bigger portion of the department that will have CWP as part of their responsibilities so that we have more people that have eyes on the ground to see what happens on a day-to-day basis in CWP. Um, if the CWP is implemented in the way it's intended to implement, it should benefit both the participants and the communities that they live in. And that is our intention to keep on working to achieve that objective. Um, we have sent through the, the list of payments and how many people are paid in each site and in each province. Um, we sent it through through the Secretariat of the Portfolio Committee. Um, but as you indicate, yes, we do have the challenge that we don't always know if the work actually happens. And within our limited ability, we try to monitor that to the best of our abilities. And we appreciate when we are informed by members of Parliament or by um, members of the public, as sometimes happens, um, and we do investigate those cases. As far as the security companies are concerned, um, as the DG indicated by Honorable Keza, sorry, the question by Honorable Keza, um, as far as the securities are concerned, as the DG indicated, we employ a mixed model where some security guards, security officials are employed permanently by the department. We are unable to increase the number of people we employ because there's a limit imposed on us, on our compensation budget, and we cannot increase that limit. We do, however, make sure that when a company is appointed, that there are very strict rules in the way in which they treat the security guards. We monitor that actively. We have meetings with the security guards themselves to make sure that they have pension in place um, and that they have the benefits that they are entitled to, that they receive their salaries. So not only we don't rely only on the company itself, we definitely make sure that we follow up with the guards to make sure that they are um, <clears throat> treated in terms of the basic conditions of Employment Act and the Labor Relations Act and that they receive their payment and benefits on a monthly basis. Um, I think those were the questions I was required to respond to. Thanks, DG. DG, is that done? Yes, thank you, uh, uh, Honorable Chair. It is done. And then there were some questions as a follow through on the, um, the uh, non revenue and non electricity monitoring. And I thought that Mr. Tsigaba could just follow through as well with additional responses, please. Okay. I'm not a group. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Well, no, Mr. Thank, thank you, Chair. As I had indicated, we, we do have a full report that talks to, to this uh, 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 program. And uh, one of the things that we had uh, last year we in, in the budget forum, we presented a full a sort of a report that talks to the implementation of asset management uh, by municipalities that 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 also includes um, uh, looking under maintenance because most of the municipalities they've been using the budget for for repairs and maintenance of the infrastructure 
for other purposes. Hence, the, 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 uh, we find our infrastructure in, uh, in this dilapidated stay, state. So there is a, a, a recommendation that has been made now to the budget forum so that um, funding is actually ring-fenced for the maintenance of infrastructure in the municipalities. But yeah, as I say, uh, as I said, uh, Chair, we do have the sort of the, the documents that can be provided to to the to the committee, so that maybe we can have a further engagement that particularly look at the the, the both uh, non-technical losses, because in the, most of the losses you find that uh, although the the physical losses in terms of uh, the best pipes and the leakages, it's due to maintenance. We also have the non-technical losses that refer to to theft, uh, uh, metering uh, inaccuracies. Uh, there's also support now that has been given. ESCOM uh, is implementing smart metering uh, so that uh, the, the possibility of having this uh, uh, sort of theft or meter inaccuracies is eliminated. And I think uh, the, 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 the case that has been referred by Honorable Mbumza with Port St. John's and Johannesburg I think it's something that uh, we will have to be investigated uh, because we are not aware of. Uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, Mesa. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Uh, in responding, I'll start, to, I'll start with the question with, with the follow up by Honorable Matumba. And um, really, uh, Firstly, uh, appeal to members to just note the context under which the surrendering of the 117 million uh, happened, which happened in the previous uh, financial year. Uh, in the main, uh, uh, it's money that was committed, there were projects running. And uh, MISA, as we reported previously, uh, was always treated as a trading uh, entity uh, in, in, in terms of accounting uh, uh, by National Treasury. And we were allowed to retain funds that were a surplus in terms of um, what was then transferred to MISA. And in this case, for reason really, uh, we were still uh, following up with National Treasury. Treasurer took a decision to not to approve that we retain those funds, even though they were committed and they were running projects to commit those funds. And the impact of that purpose you will see on our expenditure for this current financial year, that we are our, our going consent status has been seriously affected by that. So the issue of understanding is not like uh, this is what we do, you know, all the time. In fact, uh, it was the context to that one because of COVID-19 as well. And the fact that they were running projects which were affected uh, by COVID-19 uh, uh, process, you know, there were stoppages in terms of the construction sector for some time. So I wouldn't really say um, we surrender funds uh, to National Treasurer as honorable uh, Matumba um, articulate. It's an isolated case which we are following up. 
And if you look into what is reflected now at Chepesin, there is money that was allocated to Mesa only in November. And we're expected to commit and spend the money in March, the 284 million. And we managed to move with speed and committed the money and spent half of it, uh, of that money, uh, but there was money still um, uh, uh, not uh, committed, which were engaged in treasurer now to ensure that money is uh, approved for retention, which is a reference to funding for innovative waste management solution. So we don't necessarily have a history of uh, retaining money to national treasurer 10%. I, I hope it does clarify uh, our position. And also, if you look into uh, the work that MESA is doing municipalities, Jefferson, many municipalities in this country are actually relying on the support that MESA is providing. And we receive good feedback about the work that MESA is doing. Uh, thank you very much. Then, then the question raised by Honorable uh, Pumza uh, with regard to Alfred Jefferson. The Alfredo scheme, Honorable Kumza is correct. It's an old scheme started in 2012. Uh, but of course, uh, bulk infrastructure uh, was ahead of uh, the planning for reticulation in, uh, in, in Alfredo. And But because of uh, the funding uh, 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 challenges to respond to the, to, to, to the scheme, uh, as quick as possible. Alfredo have been implementing uh, uh, the project in phases and they're still implementing it person. And the MISA team is working hand in hand with Alfredo to augment their capacity and ensure that ultimately that scheme is completed. But the work is on the ground and the funding uh, is, is always... Um, a constraint to ensure that they complete all the schemes uh, at on time. But we also note uh, the scheme around the wild coast that uh, is referring to. I will task the team to investigate that one. Uh, I don't want to lie. I'm not aware that there's a scheme that has been complete but is not producing water. We'll have to investigate and then bring a report to the committee in terms of uh, the status of the scheme and, and what needs to be done. And uh, with regard to Post and John's, uh, uh, people buying 200 units of electricity for 500, I think that matter needs to be investigated. I think the team will follow it up. Of course, together with the department, uh, the, uh, we'll follow up on that matter. Thank you very much. I think we have responded to all the follow-up questions, Chair. Okay. <laughs> Did they, eh? uh, thank you. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, I, I went through the uh, follow-up questions that were raised by uh, Honorable uh, Speed, Honorable Bumza, Honorable Matumba, and Honorable Teza. I, I couldn't identify any that's specific to DTA, except that the issue of uh, of, of security uh, uh, staff, uh, I think they, they, they are very serious concerns that are being raised by uh, by the honourable members. So, uh, whilst there might be constraints in terms of the the compensation of employees ceiling uh, that we don't have the authority to increase it, 
but the challenge that I hear the honourable members presenting to us is uh, 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 what about the issues of the employment conditions uh, of the staff that are contracted by, by, by these companies and isn't there anything that can, can, uh, can be done uh, to hold the companies accountable for uh, fair employment uh, conditions given the examples that the honourable members have, 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 have given uh, so, so I think this is this is a challenge that uh, that, that 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 we should accept and, and look into, uh, so that obviously without interfering um, in in the uh, uh, the affairs of the companies directly, uh, but to the extent that uh, uh, they enter into agreements with us, uh, what is it that can, can be done to make sure that they are held accountable to uh, fair employment and, uh, practices? So, so I've noted that that uh, that is a challenge that we will need to reflect on, uh, Honourable Chair, uh, so that uh, we can see if there are other avenues that we can explore in that regard, given the constraints that are there. That as accounting officers, we don't have the authority to increase our uh, compensation of employees' ceilings. That's a process that has uh, uh, been kept uh, uh, outside our our levels of authority. Uh, but to the extent that there are other things that can be done to um, uh, address the concerns that members are raised about the conditions of employment, uh, let's look into those and, and, and see what avenues we can explore in that regard. Uh, thanks, Honourable Chair. Thank you very much. Um, now, uh, Honourable Members, I think we, we, we have uh, given ourselves enough time to engage uh, can I now allow the DM, if there are any concluding uh, remarks uh, she would like to make? Thank you very much, uh, Chair, um, and uh, honorable members of the portfolio for the questions and the hour and a half session of uh, deliberations for clarifications that has unfolded. Chair, there are a few areas I would like to emphasize. One being the response of the department with regards to the disciplinary cases. I know the DG had highlighted on it, but Chair, I would like to emphasize that that, the, the portfolio committee which sat on the 22nd of March raised this issue and requested a written report. That report was forwarded to the Portfolio Committee on the 5th of April. And in it, it was detailing thoroughly the 13 outside the forensic, 13 officials, and detailing what has happened, including the referral of cases that were concluded to the Hawks, which is the law enforcement agency, beyond what the department could do. So I, 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 I'm not sure whether the department should resubmit that. It was actually not only in isolation. That the report was about three to four pages, detailed issues that were raised by the portfolio committee on the 22nd of March. Uh, and, I, and I'm emphasizing this, Chair, because we may want to have possibly a system on how, when, when we have responded, we recapture the issues for discussion so that they don't emanate as if the department and the portfolio, when it raises issues, the department doesn't take the issues that they've raised serious. 
Am I saying all the answers we have provided 100%? There's nothing uh, the portfolio committee will not be happy, will not be unhappy about. No, it's a work in progress on quite a number of issues. I mean, for example, a case that is referred to law enforcement agencies. After we've concluded a, 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 a disciplinary process in the department, means we will continuously, as we get updated by law enforcement agencies, update the, the portfolio committee. But it was raised not unless uh, uh, my understanding, Chair, was incorrect. And I will apologize in advance if that was my understanding, that the department received what the portfolio was not happy about and it didn't care, it didn't do anything about it, it didn't even offer a response. I just wanted to record that a response was offered by the department on all the range of issues. And I wouldn't want to take back the portfolio into those issues uh, uh, that were, were sufficiently responded to, to our capability uh, to the portfolio committee. Secondly, the issue of insourcing of securities, Chair. It would want us broadly to define the roles and responsibilities of what the minister, the law, allows her or him to do as a, a, a member of the executive, but also the right of municipalities in the other instance, because I did see Honorable Kez raising it from a department point of view, but also touching on the municipal point of view. The response from DCOC on behalf of the department is that it is not affordable. We're not saying it is not the right thing to do. We're not saying it is not the correct thing to do. We're working on the basis of what we get to be allocated, and it is not uh, 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 affordable. Because on top of a salary, if you are a full-time employee, there are all third-party-related expenses that include or that must be included on the cost of employees into a salary of every individual, cleaner security, whoever involved. And en masse introduction of such, it then leads that the department needs to permanently be able to pay those individuals budgeting for them, and in estimation up to the age of 65 years of their retirement. It could happen earlier due to resignation, natural attrition, and any other thing. But by law, you have to, you have to be able to budget for that once you, 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 you bring an insource. At a municipal point of view, it will be wrong for me Chair, to say municipalities, COCTA will tell them to bring, we don't even have that right. Not unless the portfolio would want, and maybe that we discuss another amendment to the act. Municipalities are spheres of, uh, 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 of the three tier spheres of government. And they are by law equipped to run their own recruitment and management policies. We assist with regard to policy development of management capacity development from institutional ID branch, but councils must adopt their own organizational structures. We could advise on, on, on that, and sometimes DPSA at our request does advise, but we all know, as it stands now, municipalities, with regard to their own payment uh, and, and, the, and their staff, are bloated. They are, some are paying at about 68% cost to employees, excluding what we could be able to do. So I, I, I don't want to leave here, Honorable Chair, uh, 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 with a, 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 a promise that says we will come back 
on the insourcing of security because that's the power we don't have. We do not have that, but we had the committee. When we go to platforms like the Budget Forum, we will raise such issues as being uh, raised by honorable members. By the way, being a former mayor, it's not the only area where you may want to insource if you want to avoid the abuse of employees. Contractors don't pay their employees even when municipalities has paid them and sometimes they stop projects, which is one of the delays of the projects as well. Can Cocta go and say to municipalities, insource everybody, uh, 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 do the roads yourself? We do not have that right, Chair. But we understand the importance of the matters that needs uh, 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 to be understood within the context of one job creation, within the context of job security, and within the context of humanity of all employees, whether part-time or full-time in government at whatever sphere that is supposed to be. I thought I would emphasize these two points because to me, they kept on coming in different contexts and not the first time around. And I thought, let me rather be honest with what the portfolio needs to expect from the department and what we will commit ourselves to doing. But I wouldn't be truthful to the portfolio to commit the department on something that I know is even beyond their capability or allowance by law to be able to. The third issue I wanted to talk to Chair is CWP. One honorable speech maybe offer an apology, honestly, on behalf of the department. We did forward the information, the investigation date respond to be seeming to be suggesting that the banking details of the person I wouldn't name here uh, that you had forwarded, uh, there was a mix-up. The, 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 it's not the correct recipient who was receiving the money, but we started with regard to action in terms of correction uh, of that. But I will also say, uh, Chair, within the broader context of CWP, we need, there are areas in terms of provinces where we, we, we need pockets of improvement and pockets of learning from other provinces that are slightly doing better than the others to do an overhaul and the introduction of a, a better working public service. My fourth issue, Chair, is with regard to one plans. Yes, Honorable Mpumza, we did indicate the number, but I can also indicate to the committee uh, that there are some districts which are reluctant to submit. One of them is actually send it in writing to the minister that it, it believes that we are interfering if we want to assist them to plan what by law is supposed to be their responsibility. We're still trying to engage that uh, district, which is a metro, by the way. Because the understanding of the ITP, for example, the reason why it's called integrated is because it comes from the intergovernment relations framework, which by its very own nature in the white paper of 2000, of 1998, instructs municipalities to plan together with all spheres of government. So the interpretation of one plans and DDM in some municipalities is not a, a fully a, 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 a comprehended in how we are comprehending it and would want uh, to do that. So it is not necessarily because we're not giving necessary attention to the conclusion uh, of that. If I'm not uh, uh, wrong, uh, DG, with regard to the update that we have, both in terms of our municipal support improvement plans and our one budget plan, we have had an increase from the 13 that was remaining uh, to somewhere remaining around nine. I was hoping Mema Bidilala will be here 
to correct that figure. But Chair, I can commit. We will send a full information with regard to how far are we on the plans, uh, who has submitted. The ones that have been submitted, Chair, have already been forwarded to the Office of the Premiers for quality assurance, supervision, and rollout and implementation. We'll touch on those as well in terms of how far are provinces with regard to quality assuring our one plans, which we wrote together with the provincial cocktails to ensure that the premier's offices are now responsible to assisting municipalities in running their integrated ITPs, but also ensuring that it's one consolidated planning of every district which cascades into all municipalities. I think those were the four issues, uh, Honorable Chair, that I wanted to touch base on and thank the opportunity and, of course, the learnings that we got as a department to improve and equally harness a local government. It is everybody's business. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, uh, uh, DM. Uh, I think critically for this session, uh, my opening remarks have prompted us to to take a view that says uh, we must have a session as the portfolio committee where all these uh, issues that we, we see uh, them happening and uh, see how we can process them as a committee, but equally how do we communicate with the department so one little uh, omission was this thing of uh, this WhatsApp group, which I assumed that everybody see what is getting raised there. So I think we agree on that. And number two, uh, one uh, uh, discovery that we have, I think generally most of those uh, who are doing oversight, whether it is parliament or the chapter nine institutions, is that we are not doing consistent follow-up on the issues that we we raise uh, to a conclusion. I think we'll have to improve on that uh, uh, by implication all the commitments that have been made to say uh, information will be supplied. I think that information should be supplied, but it equally talks to the portfolio committee support staff to say any information submitted must be processed and uh, finally get to some conclusion to say what is uh, actually happening. Now, the last point on, uh, in fact, is two issues that uh, will have to understand each other. On this issue of delivery of services, uh, we'll have to be very meticulous in dealing with those, whether it is the department, or uh, the portfolio committee that is uh, dealing with, will have to be very meticulous. And also on this issue of uh, consequences management, I think we'll have to irritate each other on this issue because that's where we are found to be wanting as government 
when I say government, us uh, as the portfolio committee, the question is we are not doing proper oversight over this issue and the chapter nine institutions. And uh, that equally talks to those who execute the executive. I think we'll have to be very meticulous in terms of dealing with uh, wrongdoing. I know the process might be long. The process might be with the Hawks. The process might be with the SIU. But all those people, in terms of what our responsibility is, we ask all of them. In other words, we have got a right to call the Hawks if we get an indication that there's no progress, then the department has done what they are supposed to do. And if there's no action by SIU, then the department has done what they are supposed to do. In other words, we do engage them. And uh, generally, they point a finger to the departments to say uh, we referred these cases for misconduct and we have no authority over that. The same that we are getting from the department to say these matters have been referred to the Hawks and there's no uh, action, uh, no feedback. Uh, But in the end, those who are supposed to be beneficiaries of action are the people that we represent. So in other words, those two issues of service delivery, issues of uh, consequences for wrongdoing, I think we'll have to put them uh, uh, high. On the issue of insourcing, that's a policy matter. Uh, We have got a right, uh, uh, Honorable Deputy Minister, to raise issues, but such issues must be processed uh, properly. It's a policy matter, and uh, executive is at the center of that. But raising it doesn't mean that uh, must just be reaction. You do what we say. (laughs) You look at the implications. You look at everything. So in other words, we understand that. And uh, equally so, improvement on this thing of CWP. And if so, we must be assured as public so that in the end, we are the ones who should be actually articulating this in the public. My last point would be, uh, Honorable Mbums, I will not allow you. I'm closing. My last point would be, public education in terms of uh, the laws that we pass. Uh, I think specifically there was focus on this uh, customary initiation act. We I know. Aye, aye, aye. Honorable Mpumsa, you are not going to talk now. Uh, we, I think we want to partner with the department in everything that must be communicated, especially when we must uh, public education, especially on the issue of the initiation, customary initiation act, and the national initiation oversight committee, 
when we were closing that program, there were specific tasks that we said we would want them to. And uh, so whatever that must be done between now and December, we would be very keen to understand and support, by the way, besides asking questions, we are another arm of government that should actually communicate what the laws are saying and make sure that they get implemented. I just thought I should raise those, but specifically in terms of what we're supposed to do today, I think we are all generally happy and uh, the meeting is adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Recording stopped. Thank you, teachers. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. 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 Thank you.